Hello and welcome to a new look, new look version of the Punt Return podcast. There's been about three different variations of the uh, Punt Return podcast, but we're back for 2020 and uh, we've got the same old crew from uh, from last season, but it's a, it's a little bit of a different twist uh, going ahead in, in 2020. But uh, firstly, uh, for any new listeners out there, we should just introduce the panel and, and find out what's been happening uh, between the three of us since... Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs lifted that uh, Lombardi, Lombardi Trophy in February. It feels like an absolute eternity ago. Um, for those who don't know me, uh, my name's Josh Wyatt, former host of, uh, you know, loosely the number one NFL podcast before this one came along, the Woot and Wyatt Show, uh, for many years, uh, founder of the Lunar Bowl, Sydney's Lunar Park uh, event. And uh, I'm on Twitter at JYNFL. I've also got Nick. Uh, and Nick, maybe tell tell listeners about yourself a little bit. Yeah, sure. So I... Uh... Founded Sportscaster Media uh, around the, the start of this uh, COVID pandemic. Um, it's kind of the time looking, to launch a startup. <laughs> yeah, we well, you know as we're all looking for things to do, and we didn't have much sports to watch, so uh, I thought I'd start. Why not start a business? Give us give us something to do. But um, also uh, head of marketing at Stats Insider. Um, follow all, all Philly sports. Massive Eagles fan. Uh, nothing quite like that. Uh, that Super Bowl day, the Eagles win. That was one of the best days of my life. Um, yeah, co-host the Unplugged podcast and Kilda Free Club podcast, and, and on Twitter at Nick Splitter. Um, also, executive producer of the the Dane Roy podcast, Taking a Punt, the Dane Roy story, which you should all, all check out. It's out now. I uh, I'm only one episode in, um, and Dane will be disappointed that I'm that way. But I've just it's been a busy busy week. My brother gets married on the weekend, so I've had a. This is just a crazy week to fit the NFL season. Kind of surreal that it's kind of just hit us out of nowhere. Um, and James, everyone knows James is our future's better, but uh, tell any new listeners a little bit about yourself, James. Uh, like Nick, I'm presently locked down in Melbourne. Um, and I was just thinking, since we spoke um, in February, half of Australia was on fire. Um, and nine months down the track, we're in significant lockdown. Um, yep. I've <laughs> since become a father for the second time. And well done. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. To, still uh, got it. Yeah, still, still got it after all these years. For better or um, worse. And a bit of a, a career change of sorts. I'm now the managing editor at Stats Insider, so um, that's a big change for myself, but one that's really enjoyable and, yeah, it's, it's really fun. So It feels like, as we said, absolute eternity ago since... You know, the Chiefs won that uh, last Super Bowl, and it was a fantastic game. We we didn't really get to speak about it on the on the show, but uh, you know, a, a great win for Andy Reid. Finally, you know, getting that monkey off his back, and and for Patrick Mahomes, probably many more Lombardies along along the way. And we'll, we'll chat about this season in particular, the Chiefs' uh, chances. Uh, but you know, the plan in twenty twenty, obviously, uh, step one's avoid avoid COVID. Um, I think all three of us have managed to do so at the moment. Um, step two is potentially maybe go outside, frolic in the sun. Um, I don't know about you two in Melbourne, but I've managed to get the chance up here in Sydney. I'm not going to gloat, but maybe that settles the Sydney-Melbourne debate potentially. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a difficult one because, yeah. you know, firstly, firstly, we're not able to get outside that much. And secondly, we don't get that much sun this time of year. So there's, yeah. there's a few issues there, but uh, hopefully that, that will start to uh, get better over the next few weeks. Yep, and uh, step three is uh, once a week we'll be doing an NFL podcast. So it's going to be very similar to last season. So anyone that's uh, tuning in for the second, you know, for the second year or third year or fourth year, whatever, welcome back. Um, we're going to, you know, each week we'll briefly recap the previous week, talk about major storylines, results, and then kind of preview the upcoming slate and talk about the games using sort of 
the Vegas betting lines and, and totals as a, as a basis for a chat. You don't necessarily need to be a, a gambler to enjoy it. It's a lot of analysis and, and talk about stats and, and winning and, and key parts. And if you're a fantasy player, there'll be useful stuff in there as well. And then um, we give our three best bets at, at the end of the show. And, and we're going to add, add a player prop in this week and, and tweak things to long shot, which we'll get to a little bit later. So that'll be myself and Nick every week. And James will be joining us uh, probably, you know, every the quarter pole, halfway pole. He's at a three-quarter poll, I guess, and then towards uh, the end of the season, ahead of the playoffs, to give us his futures recaps because he's a notorious futures better, and that's why we got him here for our season preview. Uh, boys, any any thoughts or, or comments before we get straight into the season preview? Follow James. Listen to James in the in the futures. He's a gun, absolute yeah. gun. That's yeah. it. Nick and I were sharing uh, last year's futures, and that that story really. <laughs> plays out as well. <laughs> yeah, last year was probably yeah, one of my not as fantastic NFL seasons, but um, they, they, to be fair, they were they were long shots. They were like they were yeah, long shots. Yeah, those ones, so, that, those yeah. ones, yeah, yeah. You know, I I feel like maybe I'm partly responsible for 2020's downfall. Um, Lamar Jackson winning MVP was was arguably my greatest futures NFL futures bet ever. Um, that was a, a great profit. Um, and I also, um, you know, just to go into the movie section a little bit, also backed Parasites with Best Picture at massive odds. And I feel like 2020 kind of peaked in, in that week where Lamar won MVP and Parasite won Best Picture, and it's just been a, a downhill slide from there. Um, and uh, you know, I partly feel a little bit responsible. I don't know. That's just yeah, well, me because I'm. Well, I don't know. Me being happy kind of just doesn't doesn't work. I kind of like to be the the uh, unhappy sort of, you know, contrarian where like everything's going good and I'm like I'm still miserable. I'm an Eels fan, a Liverpool supporter. They finally won, so maybe this just I don't know. It's kind of me having a little bit of success. Maybe that's what sparked this whole downfall. Maybe I mean maybe. Yeah, you know, I was thinking this before actually, because because you're pretty good with your entertainment entertainment sort of stuff. So maybe we should should make this the uh, the the punt return NFL and entertainment reality TV, all that sort of stuff. Because I know James loves his reality TV. He's a massive Bachelorette fan. Yeah, oh, huge. Farmer, farmer wants a wife, that sort of thing. So yeah, well, we get two Bachelorettes this year, so double bang for your buck potentially. So, all right, I feel like a lot of people who listened last year are afraid of this rabbit hole. So let's get let's get straight into the to the season preview. And we're just going to go division by division here. And, and we'll start with the AFC North. And I think all three of us kind of have the same team uh, winning that division. But I'm, I'm keen for, for your thoughts, Nick, because you, you like them in a, uh, you know, a season's uh, a win, a season win bet as well. Yeah, I do. I really like Baltimore. I think it's hard not to like them. Uh, it, I think it is going to be a bit tougher this year. I, I'm not sure they're going to be as unbeatable as they were last year. You know, they, they lost the first two and then uh, end, ended 13-3. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're uh, they're going to do that again. But uh, you know, I think they're going to be really good. I, I, really, I like them the the 11 and a half over. Um, I think they could actually be better than they were last year. They've added J.K. Dobbins from out of Ohio State. Um, Kelly Campbell, who's, who's got 31 and a half sacks over the last couple of couple of seasons at Jacksonville. They've lost Earl Thomas, obviously, but I, I think that's okay. Um, last year, I had Lamar to break the, the quarterback rushing record. That was one of my futures long shots, and Very special. Um, I'm pretty happy with that one. That that did me did me did me pretty well. He did that by nearly 200 yards at the end of the season, yeah. and, and with a couple of weeks to spare as well. But I think there there is a question mark, and their one question mark right now is their receiver depth. You got. You know, Hollywood Brown and, and Mark Andrews at, at tight end uh, are incredibly dangerous, but they don't have a whole lot of depth um, for for 
Lamar to count on in, in terms of passing the ball and throwing the ball. So really keen to see what they do there. Uh, but I do think that they win 12 games uh, to, to, to win that division. Um, but I, like I said, I think the division is harder because Pittsburgh are better. And I think that, that just organically makes it a bit, diffi- a bit more difficult for Baltimore to, to do what they did last year. Yeah, uh, and James, you know, you have Baltimore winning the division as well. Baltimore winning the division, Baltimore going to the Super Bowl. But I did. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with Cleveland um, under Stefanski this season. Which is the true Cleveland Browns? Was it the the Browns that emerged really late the season prior, where Mayfield was going absolutely crazy and was pretty much by the time the season started the second or third favorite for the MVP, or that kind of Browns team that crashed to earth last year? Freddie got fired. Um, on offense, there's still a lot of talent there for sure as well. So with everybody thought OBJ would leave, Jarvis Landry's still there. Nick Chubb took, took off, um, last year as well. So be interesting to see how they progress throughout the season. They have got three of their first six on the road as well, which is tough. I mean, at Dallas, at Pittsburgh and starting off at, Baltimore. So I wonder. I wonder how road games are going to be this year because of this, because yes. of COVID and because of no crowd. Is it going to be a massive really? disadvantage? Is it going to be you know, or sorry, not as big as an, an advantage for the home team and, and things like that? That's going to be something that, um, from a betting perspective, week to week in terms of totals and, and all sorts of stuff, will but, be particularly fascinating. But you know, there, there's going to be a limited crowd, so who knows what what that's going to yield for teams. But like home field advantage, you know, at any time, what you're evaluating is the actual team as well, right? Like there's going in to play Baltimore in Baltimore, regardless of fans or, you know, temperature or whatever it is. Baltimore are a great team. So, you know, Dallas potentially are as well this year. And I know, Josh, you're really keen on Pittsburgh as well. So yeah, rough start for Cleveland. Yeah, and, you know, I agree with with everything you both have said. I think Baltimore, I know they lost Dale Thomas, but I think Marquise Brown makes the leap this year. I think he's going to emerge as as a great player. And I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be used a lot more in the the receiving game this year rather than a runner. Um, because they have Gus Edwards, because they have Justice Hill and, and Mark Ingram, of course. And they have, according to Football Outsiders, the, the 25th, mm. it's 30 seconds easiest schedule in their outside. They're the 25th easiest schedule this year, Baltimore. So they have a, a pretty good schedule for a team that, you know, top the division. Um, but I, I really like this division overall. I actually wouldn't be surprised if, if we see three playoff teams from, from this because I agree with you about the Browns. This is kind of the post-hype sleeper. Yeah, everyone was on them last year to make the playoffs, and that was just setting up. You know, the public was just going one way. You just kind of felt that that was going to go that way. But they've improved the O-line significantly. Jedrick Wills and then Jack Conklin, that's just a massive improvement. You get Austin Hooper as well. Najoku's been a, a you know underwhelming player, so you give, you know, give Baker an extra chance. And then Kareem Hunt as well with an extra sort of mm. off-season under his belt as a receiving back as well. I just think the Browns' offense could do what everyone expected them to do last year. And then at the same time, if Joe Burrow is legit and he is this guy, I can see him being so good that he overcomes the obvious flaw for the Bengals, which is their O-line, which is absolutely terrible. Their O-line is pathetic. But it makes me think of – I get Andrew Luck vibes when he came to the Colts and everyone thought they were going to be terrible and he just kind of made defenders miss and made plays. And I just think Joe Burrow has that sort of X factor that he can do it. And the Bengals' defense is pretty good and they also have a pretty easy schedule. As well, they're the twentieth or the tenth, twelfth easiest schedule from football outside as well. I don't know. The Bengals are a little bit of an X factor for me, and I think eight dollars to make the playoffs. I'd rather take that than Joe Burrow to win Rookie of the Year. I just think if he wins Rookie of the Year, 
they have a good chance to make the playoffs because of that extra playoff spot as well with the seventh playoff spot. So that's kind of where I am. And then obviously the Steelers, they were dead last in in offensive DVOA last year because of ben, no Ben Roethlisberger. So even if he comes back and he's a league average, they're massively improved and their defense returns just about every starter. And they were immense down the, the stretch. They were they're the one team that really pushed Lamar Jackson to the to the limit. And that's, that's one of the things. I mean, like, sorry, James, I cut you off, but um, no, you're right. you know, like you said, Josh, Pittsburgh really just need Big Ben to be kind of league average because that would that would already be a massive step above. Hodges and and Mason Rudolph like that that was so bad last year in terms of quarterback playing in Pittsburgh mm. and they've got so much talent on both sides of the ball like the, I think I think they can't help but take advantage of it but really good question around around Cleveland and, and Cincinnati I think it's a really intriguing division because Cleveland have so much talent and they surely they can't be as bad as they were just, yeah. I mean we say this every year don't we about Cleveland surely they can't be as bad as they have been we say it every year but yeah I, I think one of the question marks around around Cleveland is, is Stefanski as, as head coach. I think one of the, the pitfalls of, of new coaches in this season is is going to be the lack of time that they've had working with their teams. And mm, Stefanski, and that's right. And, and we know Stefanski is a, an offensive specialist. He's got all this talent on that side of the ball. Um, so I think they get that part right because I think they'll they'll have worked on that really hard. But it's going to be interesting to see how they are defensively. And, and yeah, they're just... They're just a rabble of an organization, to, to be frank, and I just don't know what to, you know, how to how to place them this season. I love that point, Nick. In terms of that's going to be a big question in terms of all the uncertainty and all the chaos that this season is going to be, forgetting what it already has been as well. And that comes back to Pittsburgh as well. Give me Mike Tomlin in those settings mm. all season in terms of he, he he's cop rubbish for being you know is he a fantastic x and o guy whatever he's he's a he genuinely is a brilliant leader of men and he leads that organization brilliantly and those um, guys know him he knows them absolutely. he knows what they can do they know they know how he wants to run things so it's almost like they don't need as much of an off season or preseason as, as some of the other teams with new coaches and it's con- yeah. is this con- is is continuity ever going to be as important as this season you know yeah. knowing who your guys are what you're you know club stands for as well. Exactly, and across, well. across both lines, they're bringing back just about every start. Yeah. 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 It's probably something I hadn't considered with Pittsburgh, and here, here I was having Cleveland in, in, that, in that playoff spot, and they're probably the least qualified in this role. So, <laughs> Well, I, I mean, Cincinnati's an interesting one as well, and so many questions around Cincinnati. Joey Burrow is, is a, a very, very good quarterback, but he's, he's going to cop a lot of pressure. He's taking mm-hmm. over from a, a 10-year veteran uh, in big red. Um, how much, can he take the pressure? He, he looks like he can. He's such a laid-back yeah. kind of guy. He's Joey. I feel like he's, he's Joey Burrow. He, he's he's the Tony King, mate. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, I, I really expect them to improve. And, and the other thing you've got to remember is that he's got talent at his disposal that Andy Dalton didn't have last year. You know, AJ Green's going to be back. Joe Mixon's going to be healthy. T. Higgins they brought in, who's a really good player. Um, yep. And... and the, the existing guys of, of Tyler Boyd, Gio Bernard, I think is coming back again. Yeah, John Ross. Um, so, John Ross. So, so this team, this Bengals yeah. team is far superior already without even playing a snap than I they were they're last gonna year. Be, they're going to they're be an upset team. They're going to struggle. Like they might, they might not win. They might only win six games, but I feel like they're going to push teams to the edge and they have to fight yeah. for those wins. And the um, five, so. and a half, five and a half win line for Cincinnati I think is good. So I, I, I like the over there. Yeah, that's one of my uh, future's best bets uh, is Cincinnati over five and a half as well. Um, let's move on to the AFC South. And 
this is kind of a three-horse race. We all know the Jacksonville Jaguars are absolutely in the shit heap, so um, we won't spend too much time on them when we've got a lot of other stuff to cover. Um, this, is a, this is a tight race for me, um, but, you know, maybe I'm, you know, if everyone knows me, I'm a, I'm a Colts fan, um, but maybe I have my, my goggles on, but um, I just... I just think they win this division. I just, I just, they have the easiest schedule, according to Football Outsiders, in terms of DVOA. Uh, they return everyone on their offensive line. It is probably the best offensive line in the NFL um, outside of New Orleans. Um, they add DeForest Buckner. They get Toure back. Uh, they also get uh, Taekwon Lewis, who's been killing it at camp back. We have some major question marks at corner, which in this league is definitely hard you know, in a pass-first league, and that's going to be a trouble. But, again, this is similar to Big Ben. They just really need Phil Rivers to be league average because Jacoby Brissett was not it last season. And, you know, I didn't like, I didn't love the Jonathan Taylor pick at, at the time. But, you know, just imagining him running behind Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly just bursting open these holes with his speed. Um, he, could, he could lead the league in rush yards this season, even with Marlon Mack there. Um, and I just think Phil Rivers, like, this is the best offensive line head coach combo that Phil Rivers has ever had in his entire career, and he's going to the Hall of Fame, um, even if you don't count this season. So I just think all signs are pointing in the right direction. It's a great organization, and uh, I think, you know, the Titans definitely will push them, especially now that they've added uh, Jadavion Clowney to the mix. But uh, I just don't know about Ryan Tannehill. Will he regress? I'm not sure. And Derek Henry's got a lot of mileage. Uh, under his belt, can he hold on? I'm not sure, but yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the Colts winning this division, um, and I I could see the Titans or the Texans making the playoffs. I just I don't really love the Texans off season acquisitions and, and trades and whatnot. I feel like Bill O'Brien's really um, proving himself to be a bit of a clown in terms of a GM, and he's just kind of sailing on you know on the Deshaun Watson yacht at the moment, who's uh, just dragging everyone with him because he's just an absolute superstar. So I mean, him alone can win, win you a division, though. Um, what have you got, James? Fascinated by this division. One of the first teams when I was doing you know, getting research, getting, getting prepared and everything, I actually fell in love with Houston for, 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 a, for a brief moment just when evaluating the offense. But then you think, Again, that was probably part based on them winning, you know, like we always come up. We always have this dilemma about the AFC South and Houston end up inevitably winning it six of the last nine seasons. I think they've been crowned champs in that division. But then ultimately, how can you wrap your hands, wrap your arms around the team that traded Dondra Hopkins for what they did as well? Like it just, that's madness. Like it's, it's madness. So then you, then you gravitate towards a Tennessee indie kind of fight. With Indy, for me, like ten, like nine and a half is there under an over total, right? Yep. Like, does this scream a ten win season? Like, a charges under Rivers in recent seasons have they've had one twelve win season in the last ten seasons, right? Once they've gone over that that threshold, the Colts as well in the last five seasons have gone over that once as well. I don't see how they sort of this this perfect sort of cake comes together just with one player in 73-year-old Phil Rivers to take Indy over the edge, which then for me comes to Tennessee. Um, they seem to me a franchise that has everything in order. W- what they did in the playoffs last season was really quite remarkable. I know everybody was a little bit funny about how sustainable that Derrick Henry, Henry attack is. But what they did was fantastic um, as a sixth seed as well. Um, the Clowney addition is is huge, obviously, 
I think they're, they're arguably the third best team in the entire AFC. So I, I've got the Tennessee Titans winning it and the Colts as probably one of my best season bets. I don't hate the Colts. Again, like Tennessee, have cleaned up the whole house with Ballard and a lot of respect. You know, it's a deep roster. But just all of a sudden, a 10-win team, not too sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's a two-horse race for me with with the Colts and the Titans. I mean, starting with the the Texans, like when when I was when I was looking into this, when we started talking about doing this episode, Josh, last week, you know, I started writing some notes around around this division, and my first my first comment on this division is Bill O'Brien strikes again, and we spoke about it a lot last year about his first of all his ability as a head coach, but secondly his ability as a, as a general manager, and and it's quite amazing because normally trading for a guy. Like David Johnson, David Johnson's a really talented running back. He, he's he can contribute in the passing game. His his um, athleticism and, and stamina is really good. He's he's a really good player. But they got him by giving up DeAndre Hopkins, who's probably if he's not the best, he's in the top two receivers in the league um, with Michael Thomas. And like, how, how does this guy still have a job in football, let alone still in Houston? Like, does does he have photos with someone's daughter? Like, does he is, but, has he is he blackmailing the governor? Like, what's going I've, on? In- I've, got, I've got I've got to jump into Billy Billy's defense though, and this is Houston as well. Sorry, Nick. Twenty one zip up against the Chiefs in the AFC in in in, in the divisional title game, the conference title game. Um, not sure which which one it was, but they did have for that period midway through the second quarter, they were on the ropes. It it was very impressive. This was just after they knocked out the Bills in the in, Bills in the wild card. So. I, I understand, yeah. I'm, I'm I, anti-Bill as well. But... I just don't think he he has the ability to see outside his own square, his, outside his box. So he's got yeah. his game plan, and when it works, it's brilliant. But when yeah. it doesn't work, there's no plan B, there's no plan C, there's no there's nothing to, to fall back on, and there's there's no safety guard, there's no safety net. And and I just think what he's done from a, a roster-building um, aspect is just almost disgraceful from, from a, a Houston perspective. Like they've got talent in, in their receivers, even without Hopkins, like Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, but they're all injury prone and none of them are, are kind of that out and out number one guy. They've got Randall Cobb, who, who's really good. I really like Randall Cobb as kind of that, that third or fourth guy in the slot. He really suits them. But DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller uh, had, had a really good season last year as well when he was, when he was healthy. But DeAndre Hopkins takes so much pressure off those guys then they can look really good and they are good, but they don't have that number one guy, DeAndre Hopkins for, for, you know, the number one corner to go to the, for the safeties to, to defend. And like, I just don't know. I don't know how they're going to, I don't know how they're going to do it. They've, they've still got Deshaun Watson and any team with Deshaun Watson at quarterback is going to be, is going to be a, a competitive team to play against. They're going to be able to score points still. But if, they're, if you they're, put Deshaun Watson on the Steelers, they're Super Bowl oh, favorites. Oh, mm. if you put Deshaun Watson on on the Colts, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So like, probably Watson yeah. top three or four in the in the league. But you know. uh, he's, Easily. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, he's up there. I think it's it's Watson, Wilson, Mahomes, and, and Lamar. Like they're mm-hmm. they're the top four right now. I think. So, right. yeah, yeah. And and one of the things that worries me about Houston is that they they last year they had a bottom seven defensive unit against the run. Um, their first six weeks, they've got Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee, all who have you know really good number one rushing guys. Mm-hmm. Kansas City is the only question mark because theirs is, theirs is a first round draft pick. Their, their yep. number one running back is a draftee, but a rookie. But all those other teams, you, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee, are all incredibly good rushing teams. And so th- these first four to six weeks is going to make or break Houston season. Yeah, and they haven't really added anything 
big on no, defense, really. No, they've just they've added Ross Black Blacklock, a, a third round sort of you know run stuffer, and maybe Timmy Jernigan as well. But the rest is just a lot of question marks and 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 same old stuff. The the defense is is basically JJ Watt and Whitney Merciless and and a bunch of dudes. So. They, they have averaged giving up 40-plus points over the last four games last season as well. So mm, against nice. the best, they got absolutely pasted. But a question for you guys as well, because I do have them in because of the Deshaun Watson factor. 17 playoffs this year. Are they one of the seven in your in your minds? Uh, I, I haven't got them in the playoffs. I, I just think okay. finally it all catches up with Bill O'Brien and it's just it's too overwhelming for Deshaun. Um, I still oh. don't like their offensive line at all. I know I've actually got them. there, but yeah. I've actually got them... I'm leaning under seven and a half wins for the season well, for, for there we go. Houston. Um, so yeah, they're they're outside for me. But I mean, just quickly on the the Colts and the Titans, um, I like both of them. It's a, it's a battle in two for me. I lean over nine and a half for the Colts. They're one of the, the most intriguing teams in the NFL. DeForest Buckner is perfect for the Colts. Yeah. They've already got yeah, Darius Leonard and Justin Houston. Um, obviously, the big question is, as you said, is is the hundred eight year old forty time father Philip Rivers. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I, like you said, if he can if he can give us more than Jacoby Brissett, then the Colts are, are going to be pretty good. Their run game is really solid. I really like Marlon Mack, and, and I was confused by the Jonathan Taylor drafting. I, I also really like Naheem Hines, and I think mm. he's perfect for Philip Rivers. I mean, look at what, what Rivers did with guys like Danny Woodhead, uh, Melvin Eckler. Gordon, Austin Eckler. Like, they're, they're, he's, he's always loved pass-catching backs. Um, yep. Are they a 10-win team? I think they're close. Yes. I think they're really close. I've got them, just looking at the fixture, I've got them winning eight on talent alone. So they can win the division, and it's certainly not out of the question. Uh, I reckon they're pretty close to a 10 or 11 win team, but I've got the Titans just ahead. Uh, but the Colts should, should be in the playoffs. So Colts should definitely be in the playoffs. But the Titans, nine wins. I, I'm big over on Titans over nine wins. Um, I've got them 11 just straight off the bat. Um, and, and anyone who listened to me on last season's podcast knows that I love this Titans team. I love what they've done with, with Tannehill. And I just, Derek Henry is one of my favorite players ever in, in my entire history of following the NFL. Um, there are some questions on their defense. They've lost Casey and Ryan and, and Woodgett, but Clowney's a massive, a massive pickup and I hate him. I really hate him. And you guys know from what he did to, to Carson Wentz in the playoffs last year. Um, he, he's a difference maker on that side of the ball for, for Tennessee. Um, and Henry and Tannehill just take pressure off each other. So you can't you can't fully defend the pass. You can't fully defend the rush because they've got too many options. Um, not Like you said, I, I don't know if Tannehill has this, the kind of season that he had last year, Josh. I'm not saying he's going to be all pro, but um, you know, he probably does regress a little bit. But he's still good enough to be a, a positive asset. Um, and they've got another year of development in AJ Brown, you know, thousand thousand yards and eight touchdowns as a rookie. Adam Humphreys is, is underrated and really solid in the slot. He'll so, and he'll he'll be looking for a bounce back season as well. Um, so yeah, they're they're just my favourite for the division. No, I'm not really sure we need to talk about the Jaguars too much, to be honest. No. Um, before, one passing thing before we move on. Uh, there have been this is from PFF. There have been 192 team seasons since 2014, according to their team at pass blocking efficiency metric. The Chargers offensive lines have ranked 120th, 142nd, 168th, 170th, 186th, and 190th over the last four years in pass blocking efficiency. That's what Rivers has done for the last six seasons. So just on offensive line alone, like, you know, everyone wants to blame weapons for Tom Brady's downfall last year, but then they seem to just throw Rivers under the bus without mentioning the constant duress that he was under last year and having to 
throw the ball early, throw the ball into coverage just because he was about to get sacked. I think this is a, a huge upgrade for him. I think it's one of the most underrated kind of fits. Um, you know, no one's really talking about the cost. I don't know why, but that's mm. that's fine. It's, I kind of like definitely, it. It's definitely a win-now move because obviously, you know, yeah, of a thousand years old, you know, you can't expect him to be He's still younger than Tom and... Brady. Like, he's still younger <laughs> than Tom Brady. Um, anyway, we'll, we better move on. Um, AFC East, uh, speaking of Tom Brady, he's, he's left New England. Um, this is kind of looks like a two two team race again, and uh, you both have the Bills, I think. Uh, so, you know, what's your thoughts on the Bills, uh, Bills, and, and and the Pats, James? This is more one of these, you know, entire franchise kind of uh, movements. I love what the Bills have been building over the last few years. I spoke about that a lot last year as well. The Diggs addition as well helps enormously. There's obviously question. The defense is fantastic, and McDermott's one of the. He's got. He's got a lot of Tomlins about him. You know, he's a defensive guy, very, very, very cluey on that side of the ball, and he's a galvanizer of an entire team. Um, on offense, everybody is immediately going to look at Josh Allen, and that's it's 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 not great. Yes, as I said, the Diggs addition is going to be huge. Singletary is a second year back now. Is going is going to help. Um, but let's also not forget. They've got depth at quarterback as well. Matt Barkley is the first backup, and Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm is, is has got game. You know, according to a lot of insiders, and should have gone higher in a draft. I think what, last second, chance you, last chance you. They, they, there you go. And uh, no one wants to be betting against the mastermind in Belichick, right? Like he's a, clearly a genius. This is, I think, all three of us in absolute agreement in this, but. Let's 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 see if this is the season where someone is good enough to take them, and I think Buffalo is the best candidate for that. I don't think Miami, or certainly not the Jets, are ready to to take over yet. But I know Nick's got a lot more of an anti-Pats sort of feel and vibe, so I'll, I'll hand over to Nick for that. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a tough one because that Belichick factor is is immense, and it's it is really difficult. And I found this I found this really difficult to to kind of formulate in my own mind that, that I wasn't picking the Pats to win the division um, and, and that I've actually got the Bills winning it quite easily. Um, for the first time in a long time, I can, I can see the Pats having a losing season. And I think under nine is a definite play for me. Um, it's not a strong play, but it's, it's, it's a small play. And I think it's, I think it's value. Obviously they've lost Brady. Gronk has been gone for a year, but they lost him too, kind of. Um, but no other team, no other team has been harder hit by COVID opt-outs. You look at guys like Brandon Bolden, Marcus Cannon, Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower. You know, these guys these guys are starters and, and this is gonna be a very different Pats team to what we've seen in, in previous seasons. Obviously Cam Newton is, is a, a different dimension to their offense that we haven't seen with the Patriots um, for a long time, if ever. But the question mark on him is always can he can he be fit and healthy? That they don't have a whole lot around him except for the the, the standards in Edelman, White, Sony Michelle, who had a really down year last year. And uh, Nikhil Harry, and, and I think he's a really good player as well. But you know, second year guy with a new quarterback in a team that their, their O line is is not as strong as it has been. Um, they're, they're still good enough to win games of football, but I don't think they're great anymore. And uh, yeah, I, I think a, a losing season might be on the cards. And, and I like the under the under nine wins for the Pats. The Bills, I love the Bills. Like you said, James, the, the way that they've built this roster and built this franchise over the last kind of four, five, six years is is really intriguing and really clever. I think the way they've done it. And this is their time. This is the perfect opportunity with the Pats having a down year um, for them to kind of take this division by the horns. Uh, 
you know, th- their defensive unit is legitimately elite, and it's only going to get better because guys like Ed Oliver and Tredavious White are still young, and they're going to keep developing, keep getting better. I really like Ed Oliver. Um, I've, He's you know, suspended we, for a couple of games, isn't he? I think he is for the first couple. Yeah. I think, didn't, they, yeah. didn't they find him with a gun in the car? Yeah, something like that. So, but you know, that's, I, that's what really drew him. Drew you to him, the old well, uh, firearm in the back. Yeah, we, we all know that uh, you know you can't put a gun, <laughs> to, like gun to my head. As well. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I mean, like you know, I said before, I've been producing the, the Dane Roy podcast. Yeah. He, he was at Houston with Ed Oliver, and and yeah. the, the things that he said around Ed Oliver's just brute force and dynamicism. Oh, he's an incredible he's, player. He's, yeah. he's amazing. And so I've done a, done a lot of research into Ed Oliver and, and those guys, and um, I just think that the Bills' defensive unit is. Is incredible. They're going to be really hard to score against again. But adding adding Stefan Diggs to that offense is, is huge. I mean, Josh Allen is it though? He's just going to overthrow another John Brown. No, uh, that's, no, that's what it seems so. to me. But that's what it looks John, like to me. John Brown. John Brown had a thousand had a thousand receiving yards last year. Yeah, um, yeah. he's throwing yeah, the ball and, enough times. I don't and, know. I, but just, and, Josh, I don't know. I just, but Josh I Allen. Josh Allen. You got to remember, Josh Allen is a is a running quarterback. He was second on the list of all rushing yards for, for quarterbacks. He's the second season, best so. running quarterback in the division. <laughs> Cam, Cam <laughs> that's, Newton. That's probably true. If that's probably yeah. true, if Cam Newton can stay fit, but he can. He can. But he I will. Josh. I think Josh Allen has has another weapon that he can then utilize his his legs with. I, yeah, I do like Stephon um, Diggs. And, and Cole Beasley, I think, is underrated as well. I really like Cole Beasley in, in the slot. So, you know, I, I think I think this Bills team is primed to to win now. The Jets, yeah, there's there's still yeah, decent we don't need to talk defense, about that. but <laughs> Jamal, Jamal Adams is out, and that's you know massive. Yeah, Cedric Mosley opted yeah. out. Yeah, we don't. So much the, the Jets season is just to see some sort of positivity from Sam Darnold, and that's it. If he plays well, well and they only win six games, that's fine. But if he plays well and shows that he can. Stick around, and that's their overwhelming takeaway from their season. But they're not winning. And Le'Veon Bell, I mean, what happened to him last season? Was it just the Jets? Did he just? Here's, get... a, here's a prediction. I think Le'Veon Bell's out of the Jets by week six. That wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah. No, I'm I'm different to you guys. I have the Pats winning the division. I have them winning the division until Bill Belichick retires, dies, or just decides <laughs> to levitate into heaven. Um, whatever, probably the latter. Um, he's, he's done enough. You look at what he's had over the last, you know, Tom Brady, great, great quarterback. Mobile, not so much. You see how creative they got with him, him and McDaniels. Imagine how creative they're going to be with this guy. This is the most athletic quarterback the guy's ever had in his career. But so much um, of that was based on having an elite offensive line and being able to protect Tom Brady, they, and they, they, they can't have, do that. Yeah. They have an elite offensive line. They have I, just, I still, think, of, I still they think have that two of the best. Best guys Joe Tony and Shaq Mason. They've got David Andrews back, who was not there last season. So they have a great interior offensive line. Isaiah wins a first-round pick, left tackle. He's a bit undersized, but he gets the job done. Right tackle is an issue. But I don't know. I just think I just think Cam, Cam Newton's more recently won an MVP than Tom Brady. Like, <laughs> he, you know, he's been better, you know, at an elite level more recently than, than Tom Brady. Like... I don't think people forget. I know he's been injured. Just because someone's been injured doesn't mean they're always going to be injured. And for me, I know, and you touched on the loss of Dante Hightower and a lot of the players that they've opted out. But I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't really matter. I feel like, you know, he he just, Belichick knows. Like, he's like, sure, Miami, you can take, you can pay Carl Van Noy $13 million a year. I'm certainly not going to do that. I'll just draft the next Carl Van Noy in the third round in Josh Uche or, Anthony Jen- Jennings, and then this guy, Kyle Duggar, this absolute 
twitched up machine at safety. It's just going to play all over the field. Like that's the guy to watch. And I think he's, he's a, uh, you know, sneaky pick for a defensive rookie of the year. I think, I just think until they don't win the division, I'm not going to pick against Bill Belichick. And I'm certainly not, I can't believe teams let Bill Belichick go from Tom Brady to Cam Newton on <laughs> minimum wage. Like it's ridiculous. Like the bears pay, are paying Nick Foles, like, 15 times Cam Newton's salary and they're not even starting. 20 years in your backup. Yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. But, you know, here we are in 20, if this is proof that 2020 is a strange world, I'm actually cheering the New England Patriots this year. I'm actively cheering the New England Patriots, cheering on Bill Belichick, and I'm actually cheering against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Bruce Arians because I want the whole world to finally realise that uh, Billy B is the real reason for uh, the old Patriots' <laughs> success and the old and the old rings. So I'm on the Pats. I think Josh Allen is not good. Um, we saw it in the playoffs. They had two really good drives where they used all their good plays in the playbook and then they just ran out and he got exposed and the heat was on and the pressure was on. Um, I don't I don't think that. I think Miami will improve and be a little bit sneaky tough on defense, but until they fix up that line and get some extra, you know, decent weapons alongside Devontae Parker, it's going to be tough going. I think maybe two of, you know, finishes the last six, seven games of the season. Maybe after their bye week, but yeah, I've got the Pats winning division, um, and I also have the the Bills sneaking into the wild card. But I wouldn't be surprised if they miss out altogether. I just I don't know about Josh Allen and defense is very easy to regress. As good as they are, um, they were very blessed by injury luck as well. They, they didn't really lose any players last year, so there's always that chance. It happened with Chicago last year, um, so they're a prime kind of regression candidate. So I'm, I'm going against you guys in the last two divisions. Here in terms of I've gone the Pats and Colts, you guys have gone the Titans and Bills, um, but I think this next division we're all pretty much on the same page in in the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting roster. Like the more I look at their roster, the more I, I'm not really like overly keen on their defense at all. It's kind of just Chris Jones and Tyrone Matthew and and that's about it. But they're just such a well coached team. They've got a great they've got great special teams in Harrison Butker and then their offense is. Is unbelievable. Even though they've lost players on on the offensive line with uh, Duvernay Tardif opting out, they've just got so much depth on that offensive line and so many weapons. If Tyreek goes down, Miko Hardman kicks in, and I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the, the rookie of the year, offensive Fresh rookie Prince. of the year this year. Yeah, the four, the four Fresh Prince of Hilaire. He's yeah, he's a chance to lead the entire league in scrimmage yards. I think he could go CMC on this, and um, yeah, I just think he's a perfect fit. I'm, I'm not really a, a running back in round one type of guy, but, um, yeah, I just think that's a great fit. And they're just adding strength on strength. And Mahomes is just an absolute freak. And, yeah, I just you can't pick against – similar to you can't pick against the Pats until Bill Belichick retires. I'm not picking against the Chiefs, I think, until, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes retires or maybe Denver get, like, Trevor Lawrence or something. But that's it. I'm, I'm all aboard the Chiefs. Um, well, there's, there's a long time until Mahomes retires. And what's he got? Another ten years? Yeah, that's half it. a billion dollars. So yeah, exactly. Worth every single cent. Probably still on the for my opinion. Like he's probably going to retire as the greatest quarterback of they, all time. They gave him the ungivable contract, and it's amazing. Yeah. And they won't regret yeah. it. No, it's crazy. But yeah, I think they win. I think they're probably the one seed, and and that's something we haven't really mentioned. Is that's so valuable now having that one seed in this uh, playoff format. But yeah, I'm on. I'm on the Chiefs. I think you guys are the same. Is that correct, James? Yeah, for sure. I think they're returning 21 of the 22 starters. Does that sound too crazy? Is that is that over the that's top? Am right. I wrong? That's about right. Because that's phenomenal for a Super Bowl winning team. But the cautionary note is, and it was in, you know, Peter King's, I mean, it's not like a rocket science, the idea that we haven't had a back-to-back Super Bowl winner in 15 years. 
Like it is very hard, and especially in this context as well, to to sort of expect them to just roll straight through. Um, and even the nature of the way they won in last postseason as well, they did overcome deficits in all four games, big deficits as well. Um, they're phenomenal, though. You got to love. I know all three of us absolutely rap for Andy Reid. Um, yep. And also, I was just going to say, do any of us having have one of the other AFC West teams going to the playoffs? I, I certainly don't. Yeah, I, I thought about the Broncos, um, but I just I just need to see a little bit more from from uh, from Drew Lock before I'm, I'm all in. And they have a pretty tough schedule. I think the Raiders can be a little bit sneaky. I'm not a huge Derek Carr fan, but yeah, and and the Chargers after losing sort of uh, what's the safeties now? I've just got completely blank. Derwin James. Um, I think he's just like one of the most important defensive players on any team in the entire league, and I just think he does so much for them that it hurts and. Look, I think Tyrod Taylor's great, but, yeah, they're, they've got offensive line issues and, and all sorts of injury issues and, and just not a well-run organisation sort of for COVID. As good as Anthony Lynn was in hard knocks, I, I just don't I just don't know. I think it's just sort of the Chiefs and that's it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I need to say too much more about the Chiefs because you've pretty much covered it. Um, ten years contract is amazing. And, and speaking of ten-year contracts, <laughs> uh, John Gruden and the Raiders, yeah. I, I am I, – I'm – Intrigued by them. I'm kind of leaning over for their, their seven and a half or eight win line, but I think Gruden needs to make something happen this year. They've got a really dynamic offense. Um, Josh Jones, Henry Ruggs, like first round draft pick, immediately comes in and is, is their number one guy. Um, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar, like what a legend. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and this guy at, at tight end, um, Jason Witten. Yeah, yeah like, I don't know about this that. This is a strange one. It's, it's a strange <laughs> one. But it's, it is, it's a massive shame that Tyrell Williams did his shoulder because that could have been – they could have been really fun to watch because they've got a pretty solid – I still think they can. I think Brian Edwards is a decent – I think everyone's talking about Henry Ruggs and I think he's he's the guy to watch uh, for them, I think. And I think Hunter Renfro is kind of Cole Beasley 2.0, kind of underrated yeah. and appreciated. So, I, yeah, I, 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 I feel like they're going to be a fun little offense. And their, their offensive line's pretty good, so – uh, yeah. But their, their, their defense is, is a real worry. They were yeah. 31 out of 32 football outsiders in 2019. You know, they've, they've added Littleton, Kukowski, Malik Collins, Carl Nassib. Jonathan Abram comes back and he missed pretty much the entire season. I think he played, what, half a game in, in week one in his rookie mm. year. So I think that, that seven and a half win line is, is right on the money. They'd be disappointed to go under. They'd be really disappointed to go under. And, and I think that they're sneaky to go over. Um, Charges, I've just got under. I'm just, I don't understand how the Chargers have an eight-win line. Like, I just the, yeah. the New York Times said the Chargers' key off-season move was keeping quarterback Tyrod Taylor around to give Justin Herbert time. That's mm. their key move of the off-season. You know, Phil Rivers gone, Gordon's gone, Derwin James injured. They've got no no character, no identity this year. Austin they have, Eckler, a, they have a menacing pass rush in front seven. They, that's uh, I think going to yeah, yeah, trouble some teams. But uh, apart from signed, that, they signed Chris Harris. They've still got Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Hunter Henry. Um, but massive downgrade at quarterback. And you know, Derwin James' injury is massive. So I, I just can't see them getting anywhere near eight games. And the Broncos are, are really strange because I, I really like what they're doing. You know, I guess similar to to a couple of the other franchises that we've mentioned, the way that they're building this. This roster and this franchise is is really nice. I I, I, like I think they're it. another year away. I think. I think they are too. I think they are too. Uh, but they're giving him some weapons. You know, they signed Gordon. Cortland Sutton's really good, and and uh, I really like Noah Fant to be the next big thing in tight ends. I think he's like he's just about the best of the the next gen 
tight ends. I really like the way he goes about it. Jerry Judy is incre- incredibly talented, um, and Philip Lindsay is a really good backup. And, and obviously they lost Chris Harris, as I mentioned before, but they got AJ Boy and still got Von Miller and Justin Simmons, and you know it's yep. still a pretty good, still a pretty good defense. And another another year with Vic Fangio, so you know I think their their defense was a, a little underwhelming compared to expectation yep. last year, but. Um, we don't often we don't often mention punters, but they've they've had a massive upgrade from Colby Wadman to Sam Martin as well. So in terms of like giving giving um, field position, you know their best opportunity to tie opponents down. I think that's a huge upgrade for them. So they're, they're yeah. positive. And, a, and an obvious home field advantage with altitude. Massive, in terms of, massive. Uh, that's probably the one thing that you can't eliminate COVID uh, is the altitude. So. Um, just, yeah. just, just on the, the Raiders and Denver as well, I think there's a really good point as well in terms of franchise building. Having that front row seat to the destruction that the Chiefs have wreaked in recent years, we saw it out of the draft, particularly with the Raiders and the Broncos. They took seven combined wide receivers in the first 100 picks in, in April at the draft. Like They went hardcore building speed. And, and hands and everything like that around. They know that if they're ever going to, you know, climb this mountain, it's that that's the modern way to go. Um, so credit in that respect, rather than Gruden think he's doing something else, or I don't know what Gruden's doing. Yeah, we know how I feel about Gruden. Um, yep. And I'm not going <laughs> to, now's not the time or the place. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, like, so in that respect, I can't criticize Denver and the Raiders in that respect. I don't think they're going to get over the hump though, but maybe they're on the right path. Definitely. Uh, before we move on to the NFC, I think we may just mention our AFC teams, uh, AFC playoffs and, and AFC championship games. So I've got the Ravens, Colts, Pats and Chiefs as my division winners, Steelers, Bills, and I've got the Bengals in the playoffs, just sneaking in there. That's kind of a little saucy pick. And, and my uh, AFC championship game is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. That's so uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, what about yourself, Nick? Uh, I've got the Ravens, the Titans, the Bills and the Chiefs. Um Wild cards, probably the Steelers and the Colts, I think. Um, but like I said, the Colts and, and Titans are kind of, you know, I think they're in regardless. Um, yep. AFC Championship game, Baltimore at Kansas City. Oh, there you go. Uh, and I assume, James, we might, have, we might have a trifecta. Yep, same division winners as Nick and same conference title game. Um, and we should be blessed as NFL fans to have Baltimore oh, Yeah, hopefully we can get something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> The only thing is uh, I've got Ravens at home as home, and I think you both have the Chiefs as the one seed. So a little slight variation there. But uh, I, I just think I just think the Chiefs the Chiefs get the the one seed. I think their record is better because they've yeah, less, they do have an easier division competition so. in the division. Whereas I think the Steelers um, potentially take a couple of division wins you know, from Baltimore. Yep. Um, all right. Let's move on to the NFC now, and uh, we've got the NFC North. Uh, I've got the Viking, Vikings winning this. Uh, I just think they're the best all-round roster in, in the NFC North. I just think they've done well. I think adding uh, Yannick Nagokwe across from Daniil Hunter and the price they paid for that um, was was amazing. I think it's good good dealership. Um, and I like to see Mike Zimmer working with young corners. I think he does a really good job. And they've drafted some uh, some help there after losing some talent. And it's another year with uh, with their offensive, you know, mindset with with Kubiak and, and Dalvin Cook and and Kirk Cousins. I just think they're they're better equipped, and I think Justin Jefferson probably suits Kirk Cousins' game more than uh, Stephon Diggs. So um, even though they lost talent, and, and Jefferson's probably not quite the ceiling guy as, as Diggs, I, I just think they're the, the better all around team. I think Detroit can be sneaky this year. I'm a massive Matthew Stafford fan. 
Um, but yeah, I just need to, I just can't buy into, uh, Matthew Patricia, Matthew Edward Patricia, Patricia, as I like to call him. Um, yeah, I just can't buy in all the way to him as good as Stafford is. Um, but I do like the way that they're kind of constructed a little bit. I'm not sure about the AP signing, but we'll see. Green Bay, it's been a tough, weird off season. Um, I'm sure we could spend like 30 minutes talking about that. Um, but I could, you know, they went, they won 13 games last season, but I think they massively overachieved. So I feel like they, you know, kind of regressed back to the pack where they belong. And I think the Chicago Bears are going to have a long season and we could see um, a potential change at GM or coach or something because I just can see all sort of the sky falling apart there. I just, apart from Alan Robinson offense, there's just nothing to really write home about there for me. So, uh, yeah, I, I just had the Vikings. Uh, I think Green Bay could sneak a playoff chance. I think Detroit could sneak a playoff chance, but um, the NFC is just absolutely loaded. So I, I'm on the Vikings. Uh, Nick, what have you got? I've got the Packers. I, I do agree with you. I, I do think that the 13-3 record in Green Bay flattered the Packers, and, and I think they overachieved. But I still have them winning the division with nine or ten wins. I think this is one of those divisions where it's going to be really tight, and nine or ten wins can win the win division. Obviously, they didn't do a whole lot in free agency. They, they picked up um, you know hotshot quarterback who's not going to play for them. Um, but any team with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devonta Adams on offense is going to be dangerous. Um, it, it's just a really, it's it's a really tough division because the Vikings are obviously still really good. I think I think they got slightly worse uh, both on offense and defense. I think they they got slightly worse, but I still think they're going to be really good and really competitive. Um, and I'm just the, the win lines the, was it nine nine and a half for both of those teams. Kind of a push for me. I just can't I can't pick. Um, they've got plenty of talent, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Cook, Thielen, Rudolph, Justin Jefferson, as you said. Um, Daniil Hunter, obviously, is, is incredible on, on defense. And um, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Yannick, you said it before. Ngokwe. Ngokwe. There we go. Yeah. But, but you know, they, they, can, they can make plays. They, those two guys are, are massive playmakers on defense, but they lost Linville Joseph, Everson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes. Michael Pierce has opted out. So they're going to be competitive. They're going to be around the mark, but I think they just, they're just they missing something. And I think I think the Packers just pip them to the division, but I think they're a playoff team. Um, Detroit, yeah, poor Matt Stafford, like you said. I, I really like Matt Stafford and I feel for him. I, I wish that it was him that had gone to the Colts or the Raiders or, or anywhere else really other than staying in Detroit. But, you know, he'd be counting his blessings for Kenny Golladay and Marvin Jones because there really isn't much else there to look forward to. They can't decide on a, on a running back. He's a Kerryon Johnson's and DeAndre Swift. They can't make up their mind. Jamie Collins is is, is a good signing, but they've lost Darius Slay and Snacks Harrison. Um, so everything's on Stafford as it always is. And I just feel, I feel bad for him because the guy's a legend. Um, and the bears, like you said, could be a, a long season. My, my one note for the bears is UGLY. You ain't got no alibi. You signed a solid quarterback on a terrible contract and then make him the backup to your own already terrible quarterback. Like, mm. It's just like, I don't know, put some respect on the name of. Hey, that's the uh, former GM of the year. Ryan Pacey. Is talking yeah, about. yeah. Yeah. I mean, like it's crazy, <laughs> but it is what it is in Chicago. And, and, what can yep. we, what do we need to say much about Mitch Trubisky? Probably not. There, there no, are some question smart. marks. David Montgomery was was my pick for offensive rookie of the year last year, and that was a really disappointing rookie campaign. He was okay, but he wasn't. You know, he certainly didn't didn't break out. He didn't star. Um, it, yeah, I don't know if if Alan Robinson and Anthony Miller can be dynamic and and catch the ball, and Trubisky can hit them, then you know maybe they can do something, and maybe Montgomery can thrive. But yeah, I don't I don't know. Jimmy Graham's an upgrade because they're tight ends. Well, their tight ends last year. The Bears did not have a tight end 
reach 100 receiving yards for the entire season he, or have 15 getting, receptions. He's the, he's the player getting the most camp buzz at the moment. They said he's been the best player in camp. Which, that, which is a worry. True, if that's true, worry. then what is going on? Like, yeah, that, that, is, that is a worry. But, but it gives them something that they haven't had. And it, yeah. it's, it's an upgrade. He, a guy like Jimmy Graham shouldn't be getting your, your camp buzz. Like, it just shouldn't. No. But, you know, their, their defense is pretty good. So. Yep. See where we go. What have you got for us, James, for the NSC North? Similar thinking to you in terms of Vikings stability. The, the Toyota Corolla of the NFC. Um, but I just wonder <laughs> when it comes to the playoffs, can they go over the edge? And Gokway, 40 sacks in four seasons, 37 and a half, okay. That's that's really special. And as 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 Josh says, working with Zimmer is huge as well. I wasn't pro Packers last year, and I know we don't want to go in terms of it's massive what the way they've approached these drafts, the lack of talent they've given to it's a it's we'll make, we'll never know what's going on at Lambeau Field. It's a strange organization that yeah, won thirteen games last year, went to the title game as well, which still blows my mind. Um <laughs> so yeah, Vikings Vikings for me, but to not make too much noise in the playoffs, seemingly the way they often go out, divisional round often by a field goal miss or something like that. Something like that. Um, they, need, they need like a Vin Diesel driving the crawler, like Fast and Furious style. Like Kirk <laughs> Cousins, they need, he's the guy that, you know, 10 and 2 and sticks to the 60 speed limit. They need a guy that's, you know, a little bit more dangerous. Well, well that's it. And, 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 and Diggs was one of the sexiest parts of that Vikings offense, mm. right? Like he and was... Michelle sure. Rodriguez. The, and the, and the partnership with Thielen, like the Dick Thielen <laughs> partnership, that one-two punch was He's the rock. really difficult to yeah. defend. <laughs> yeah, just, just need a just yeah, maybe a Paul Walker and Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I've heard anyway, of that. Not, not even going to touch that yeah. one. I've heard of it. Rest in peace, Paul. Um, all right, um, let's move on to the. That's a good analogy for the Vikings. It's just good, fast, and furious reference. What a what a time. Uh, just uh, NFC South. This is. Uh, I don't know, this is kind of, I feel like the Bucks are this year's the Browns. I feel like everyone's talking about the Bucks. Last year, everyone's talking about the Browns and, and what they're going to do. And this year, it's it's the Bucks and all the focus is on number 12. Um, but I just can't go past the Saints. Their roster is unbelievable. Their roster is so good. It's it's just crazy how good their roster is. Um, they have depth on both lines. They're just stacked across the board, adding Emmanuel Sanders across from Michael Thomas. I mean, even their backup quarterback is going to make plays for them. Um, they're going to, they've sorted out the Alvin Kamara drama, or it's at least trending in the right direction. Head to toe roster, special teams, coaching. Like, it, you just can't go past the Saints, especially in the regular season. Um, can the Bucks do something in the postseason that's a little bit saucy? Sure, but I feel like this is Tom Brady's. First time learning a brand new offense in like 24 years. Like, this is it. And he's gone to a, a team where they thrive in Bruce Arians and holding the ball, seven step dropbacks. He's not going to be playing behind an offensive line that was as good as as he had. He's got no Dante Skarnecki, the greatest offensive line of all time. He's got no Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. And he's going to have to, you know, throw the ball deep. Sure, the weapons are amazing. Like, Gronk, Evans, Godwin, OJ Howard, Cameron Bray—it's—it's it's an unbelievable, uh, you know, plethora of weapons. But if he—if he really was the reason that the 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 Pats were bad last year, and it wasn't the receivers' fault, it was Brady's fault. I feel like it's going to be on display a lot more with these weapons because you can't 
make those excuses for him. And if it and if it is the fact that the weapons were bad and Brady's still good, then they're a de- genuine chance in the playoffs. But I just don't know if they can win the division because it might take a little while to, to warm up. Um, but in saying that, they get a good chance in week one because the Saints are notoriously um, known for starting slow. So they could maybe sneak a win um, early and, and, and get things on the road. And wouldn't that sort of light up the... Uh, the tweet deck uh, with, you know, Brady asking Breeze, um, you know, for the Bucks. So that's definitely interesting. Um, I don't really want to talk about the other two teams except, you know, Atlanta, Matt Ryan. If, you know, Matt Ryan plays to his, you know, best of ability than him alone, similar to Seattle in Russell Wilson, can, you know, overcome similar flaws in, in your roster and make a playoff run. But I can't really see Atlanta in a deep NFC going that distance and, and Carolina are clearly in the... Uh, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, but I think Jacksonville is going to have them covered, unfortunately, because I think Teddy's going to do enough and CMC is going to do enough to to potentially win them a game or two. But yeah, I think it's a tight race, but I've got the Saints. I just think top to bottom, uh, in my ratings, in my uh, rankings, they come out as number one. Um, they're just unbelievable. What have you got, uh, James? Yeah, I think we've covered the base of the Bucks and the Saints. The, the, my my regret, and it probably will be forever. Credit here to Nick as well. Nick, like a clairvoyant, saw he genuinely did. He saw the Brady and Bucks thing happening when no one was talking about it. And I remember looking at futures prices as it was unfolding, and just my excuse is the world was moving too fast when that happened. Mm. Um, what price really, did you get, Nick? Uh, I didn't take it. I didn't take it in the oh. end, but. Uh, but I, I did say very early on in that when that talk of of Brady not re-signing and, and moving on from the Pats, I said the Bucks, the Bucks, and this is why: two of the best yeah. young receivers, quarterback whisperer, offensive-minded head coach, and the Florida Sun, where his eighty-three-year-old bones <laughs> won't get so chilled like in Boston. It makes perfect sense he's, for retirement. He's from normally Florida. he's normally not done well down in Florida in humidity. That's like normally that's being because his, that's because his body his body's been so mm. his body's been so acclimated to the New England winter. I wonder if peptides are legal in Florida. <laughs> Everything is legal in Florida. Yeah. So what James, as a futures better, would you take the bucks now at their price? It's toxic right now. You oh, wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole Like that would be well you mentioned the Browns. They actually remind me of Nick would know it particularly well is was it about 2011, that Super Philly team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dream team. Yeah, dream the, team. The yeah. Dream just need Gronk to come out and say it and really put the hex on it. That won about seven games. <laughs> but but what I was going to yeah. say, so yeah, absolutely, as toxic as anything um, from that perspective. But I actually, I'm not saying the Panthers will win that division. And yet they're potentially a bottom four or five team. I actually find them a little bit fascinating even at their, their, their win total of five and a half, just as a franchise in general, you look at this, right? Like Teddy Bridgewater, where would you guys put him in, in terms of the, the, the caliber of, M- of NFL quarterbacks in the league? Sort of top 20? Like he yeah. drove that Saints bus. He's a good quarterback. He knows what he's doing. Um, and he'll, he'll work perfectly with McCaffrey, who's potentially the best backfield player in the league. We mm-hmm. know DJ Moore is good. We know Robbie Anderson's fantastic. The line... I just, Russell Lacoon's there. <laughs> which I was going to make that comment before when we were talking about Phil Rivers and the lines he had. And somewhere Russell Lacoon was apologizing. Yeah. Um, and then on defense, you guys know my friend Brian Burns. We all know about oh, him. Jack Thompson as well. I just don't like, in terms of the, the way we talked before about the Chargers and the Colts, this is a franchise that always 
it's very rare they dip below that six-win mark. I know they did last year, which doesn't help my cause <laughs> here. Um, don't hate what they're doing as a franchise. I really don't um, in this post-Greg Olsen world in Carolina. Um, <laughs> I, I, that was a my, my cam reference, obviously. Yeah, who, who, who is their tight end? Ian Thomas. Like, I, I swear that's my accountant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and the other thing is, Matt Rule, the, the, the credentials he comes in as coach... They've just, as a friend, do you guys get the impression that suddenly in the last two years, maybe it was Tepper coming in as owner, that the whole tenor of this franchise has shifted in the last two or three? Yep, 100%. But they, they just seem to be a, all of a sudden a modern professional franchise with all that sort of, you know, Jerry Richardson, all that yuckiness about him, you know, even to the point it's that. Definitely a lot more around culture and stability. Um, you know, look at some of the guys that they, they brought in, like Weatherly and Burris, who are all about that kind of vet presence, keeping the young kids kind of sorted and stable. The, the, and... the draft philosophy was weird. They drafted seven just defensive players, all defense, uh, which was fascinating to me. And that could either be a blessing in disguise in terms of, that, you know, they all young and hungry and play with exuberance, or there's going to be a lot of errors and in, in, in learning curve early on that, that may hurt them in terms of achieving that win total. And, I do and, feel bad for, for Riverboat Ryan. I thought he was hard done by. I, and for him to end up at Washington, for him to end, end up at Washington is like the worst kind of curse. So, yeah, I feel bad. I mean, like, I don't, we probably don't need to say much, too much more about the Panthers. It's definitely going to be a learning year. I just, Carolina Road. I, I, just don't know, I just don't know exactly what we'll learn in this learning year for the Panthers. I don't, I don't know what we're going to learn. So you but you're taking them. You're going to take them to win the South at twenty six dollars. No, no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm intrigued by that price. Is all I'm saying. Okay, in terms fair of, enough. That was yeah, in my uh, massive dark horse section. Yeah, but bold prediction. Yeah, I mean it's not the worst bold prediction I've seen. I mean I've got the Bengals making the playoffs, which is arguably a tougher task than winning the division. Yeah, and, uh, and, and you're getting you know, a way better price. See, I see Tampa as about an eight or nine win team. New Orleans, we know, you know, to use that car reference, this is a fan, every year, This you, know, you mentioned how loaded that Saints roster is. Every year it's loaded and it always comes unstuck. Mm. Like, it not only comes unstuck in the playoffs, they have this very weird way of ruining a one or two seed every year, <laughs> like they did last yeah. year. Oh, they but they've also started. had some just horrible luck and bad calls and this is, yeah, things well, like they, that. They, the, the Rams one especially. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But this is the thing. It's kind of, there, there comes a point where it's like, you know, your unstable friend in some respects in New Orleans. Everything is fantastic, but just that one night they turn, you know, and it gets, mm. and, and it just really unravels and it unravels ugly. And we all, then everybody rushes to reevaluate Drew Brees, which is an ugly aspect of pro sports, right? Mm. He's clearly a legend of the, of, of, this, of, uh, of, a legend player, questionable bloke. I'll just leave it. Yeah, you, well, that's <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. That was one of the unfortunate. That yeah. feels like an eternity ago. It, it, it does. It does. Yeah. You remember yeah. Yeah. days as well. Days yeah. to rip out. I thought that was. Statement. I thought that was it. I thought this is it. The locker room's done here. This, yeah, this I thought he was like, gone. Brady's going to cruise to another victory. He was just absolutely blessed. Um, he's managed to happening. turn it around a little bit. <laughs> That was a, that was like the ugliest seventy two hours, and it did yeah. stretch on. Yeah, can, um, can yeah. we talk about can we talk about another quarterback in this division? Another yeah. really good quarterback, Matt Ryan, probably has the best offense that he's ever had in Atlanta this season. You reckon? Jones, yeah, William Jones. No, Carl Shanahan like that. The, no, in like terms of talent. Team. In terms of talent, oh. I'm not talking coaching. I'm talking talent. Yeah, Will Jones, Calvin Ridley's exploded, and and the addition of Todd Gurley, if he's fit and healthy, yeah, big uh, massive, if so. is massive. It's yeah, and and Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper's like, a really good I feel tight like end. Adrian Peterson's got more burst than Todd Gurley. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, not not Austin Hooper. Hayden Hurst um, is a really good tight end. He had massive wraps in. in Isn't he like forty seven years old as well? Hayden uh, Hurst. I swear he was like, dry. 
No, he's like 20, drafted 25 like a, or something. I swear he got drafted as like See, a 27-year-old rookie. <laughs> for me, Atlanta have a little bit of the Chicago's about them. Like, I feel he can implode at the end of the year. With Eden the Hurst is 20, already 27 years old. He's been in the league for three years. Yeah. Anyway. But, but no, I no, think, no, like, they've looked, to, they've looked to, to improve their defense. And if, if they can – if their yeah. offense can fire with the talent they've got and their defense can be league average, if they can increase their efficiency on the edge, Dante Fowler, Grady Jarrett, Tyler Davison – you know, if they can be middle of the range defensive unit, they're going to be much more dangerous and, and a much improved team. And and nine wins is not out of the realm of possibility if that's the case because they can score, they can score. But I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that there's something to be wary of. The Bucks, you know, we've said everything that needs to be said about the Bucks. Um, yeah. I don't know. The the ten win line for the Bucks is just too much for me to take. Still, I don't, it's just too much. They've got a lot of talent, but it's just just too much. The, the question about Brady. Is, is he going to throw 30 touchdowns like Jameis Winston did last year? Probably not. But he's probably also not going to throw 30-plus interceptions. So, yeah. you know, that's that's going to balance itself out. Yeah, over he actually needs to throw the ball down the field to, to get <laughs> But I see, I, I see, I disagree. I disagree with that, that 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 thought that he needs to, to throw long to Evans and Godwin. Like, they like that kind of short, medium-length ball, hit them in the hands and let their athleticism get past defenders into, into open space. That, I mean, yeah. that, that suits Grady. I don't think he needs to air it out a whole lot. But mm. yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting. It's really intriguing. It's it's exciting because the Bucks are relevant. But I just don't know how much because the Saints are there and the Saints are really good. And you know, I don't know. They're, they're, for me, they're they're probably the number one option in the NFC. So we also um, re- we rarely see this kind of microwave team building work in any sport anywhere in the world. The idea that you can just change your roster completely and then wheel it out of the shop four months yeah. later. Like it never works. Yeah, um, you need yeah. time to build that sort of thing. But you look at look at look at what I mean. You mentioned some of those names, Josh, before at the Saints, the you know, Breeze, Thomas, Kamara, Cook, Emmanuel Sanders is, is a great addition in terms of kind of a second or third uh, receiver. Traquan Smith is is dangerous deep, and Taysom Hill could line up anywhere. I mean, is he going <laughs> to? Are they going to make yeah. him an offensive lineman this year? Like that offense well, is just stacked. Um, they, 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 they better have to use him. They pay him twenty million. <laughs> <laughs> but the defense is stacked too, like Cam Jordan, yeah. Davenport, Malcolm Brown, Lattimore, and Malcolm Jenkins as well. Like I, I was shattered to lose Malcolm Jenkins in, in Philly. Yeah. Yeah, this 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 team is so tough on both sides of the ball. Malcolm Jenkins, meet Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, well, Jenkins was one of the the guys the who really though. spoke out spoke out yeah. against him in that first kind of twenty four hours, and yeah. I think they had I'm a bit sure, of power and whatever. But I'm sure they're, they're too. Malcolm Jen- Jenkins is too intelligent to oh, just yeah. hold a grudge like that. He he would have just spoke to Breeze man to man, had a conversation, yeah. and that's probably been done yeah. now. For sure. Um, but, I mean, the yeah. Saints last year, they were top 10 in both offensive and defensive DVOA. They could make a top run. Uh, they could make a run at top five in both of those this season. Oh, They're just really 100%. good. Yeah, and they, really, can afford, really, and they really can afford good. any injuries. I think the Zach Bourne yep. pick as well gives them an, an extra edge rusher as well that they can rotate around. And, and, yeah. I mean, yeah. it would have been it would have been – Really impressive if they could have if they could have snagged David and Clowney that would have been like that would have just pushed them over the line I that just, would have been super they just didn't favorites. have enough yeah they just didn't have enough cash I don't think Clowney's that good I just like he's no great, but he's a difference he's, maker not, I, he is I a difference think... maker but like I don't know if that guy's a great locker room presence the guy clearly doesn't like to train or practice at all and I just yeah, feel like possibly. That, I just I don't know. Yeah, I agree with, with with some of that aspect. The production yeah. is certainly not consistent, and never has been with Clowney. No. When it when he when he actually goes off, though, he's unstoppable. Yeah. Like so, like in the playoffs is when they probably would have preferred him. Like that's like maybe that's the difference for the Saints, where they haven't had a kind of a guy like that that 
can kind of just turn a game on a whim for them, and that's someone that can to go and you know to go and yeah. knock the opposing quarterback out of the game with a concussion. Yeah, or you know, um, you know, like a Brendan cheap Graham, shot, cheap shot, dirty court. dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, just one last thing before we move on. I think I, I liked what you said, uh, James, about sort of the roll in, roll out aspect of of the Bucks. It's yeah, it is a lot of sort of changes um, in in one off season. But you know, I'll say this: you know, as as bad as I am with my. Uh, you know, what I say about Brady, he is the ultimate professional and he does put in the hard work. So, like, if anyone's able to do it, it, it is, you know, someone like, you know, Tom Brady and we saw Peyton Manning do it when he, you know, joined Denver as well. So, you know, when you have a great quarterback like that, then, you know, there's every bit of chance. But and he was, working, he was working one-on-one with Mike Evans as well during yeah, that illegally. period when they were locked out. Illegally, yeah, legally, like, yep. Another, yep. another cheating scandal. Oh, <laughs> Started with Bridget Moynihan and now it's just, it's just 25 years later. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, NFC East now. Uh, this oh, boy. Is, this oh boy. is a fun division, and um, I'm, I'm ready, and I think James is on board with me here. Um, I feel like we're on the same page here. But um, I, smell a, I smell a Super Bowl on the horizon for, for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I don't know what it is, but I just look at their roster, and I think I really think they're going to add uh, L. Thomas. Um, and I just, yeah, just like... L. Tommy, you slot L. Thomas in, get rid of ha-ha Clinton Dix out, and suddenly things are looking up. Trevon Diggs, their, their rookie cornerback's apparently lighting it up for them. Good replacement for, you know, uh, Byron Jones. You get Neville Gallimore in, in the third round as a value. Many had that guy as a top 40 sort of pick. You had Alden Smith, and, and, and he's apparently had a good camp. Randy Gregory, all the talent in the world as well, coming back to Marcus Lawrence. It's just like... And I haven't even got to the offense net. How do you defend a, 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 wide, a three wide receiver set of Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and, and CD Lamb? Um, and I just think Blake Jarwin's actually an upgrade over you know Jason Witten, who was like fifty-seven years old. And I think I can run faster than Jason Witten in sort of old like New Balance sneakers um, at this point. And I just like Dak Prescott is an MVP candidate for me. Um, he's my kind of dark horse. I took him at. $26 when they drafted C.D. Lamb. I think he's in the 13s now for MVP. And I just think I just think signs are pointing up. And just like I'm not a massive, massive Mike McCarthy fan, but just pure addition by subtraction, getting mm. rid of Jason Garrett is just huge. And Mike McCarthy... As, I remember you laughing at me last year, Josh, when I said Mike McCarthy was going to be big. Yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah, I was going to hold him to account as well there, Nick. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you guys are. And, and the more I... Like, even when I looked into it, Mike McCarthy's been known as being really conservative, but even when, like, digging into the numbers, he, Jason Garrett was so conservative that Mike McCarthy looks like like John Harbaugh. Like, it's ridiculous how conservative Jason Garrett was. And Mike McCarthy has said that he spent his time off looking into analytics more and, and all that sort of stuff. And I think Kellen Moore staying on is a good call as well. I just think I just think he, this is the right time for, for Mike McCarthy. And, sure, things got a little bit stale in Green Bay, but, yeah, I think – yeah, I just think Dallas win this division – um, I have them as the uh, I have them as the most regular season wins as well at fifteen dollars. That's one of my ball predictions this year. So I'm just chips in Dallas. I have them making the Super Bowl as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think Dallas win the division. I think the Eagles make the playoffs though. I think they're a great team. I just think they're going to struggle a little bit early with the injuries on the offensive line and and no Jalen Rager. I think when he does come back in, I think he's a great fit for Carson Wentz's ability and big fan of Miles Sanders. I like the Jafon. Hargrave addition alongside Fletcher Cox, who had kind of a you know quiet year by his standards last year, so he can 
play so much better. I do worry about their corner situation outside of Darius Slay, but yeah, I think the Eagles do well. Um, yeah, I, I do think the Redskins are going to be a tough team to beat, and I like the changes they've made in terms of um, their team name and philosophy um, more so than the you know the additions that they've made this season. But um, the, the Giants. Like, can you name a Giants defender? Like, I honestly can't. I think they easily have the worst defense in the entire league this year. I just, I just don't know what they're doing on defense. And I think both New York teams are, are going to struggle. So I think I have Dallas and Philly, but I'm big on Dallas. And I think you agree with me, James. Yeah, loaded on both sides of the ball. Eight of the last nine season, at least eight wins. This is probably the best shape the Rock has been in in that sample as well. Absolutely great call in terms of the addition by subtraction subtraction thing. Like this is this is at least a ten win team, maybe twelve, thirteen. Yeah, maybe box seed as well for that first seed, which in this new playoff landscape means the world, particularly in this conference, more than anything yeah. as well, to avoid all that like kerfuffle and mayhem that's going to happen around them. Um, yeah, Dak's obviously a freak. They're loaded all on yeah. And, and and as well, in so much in their favour is how w- relatively weak the division is. There's two non-entities in there as well, as we discussed. And then there's yep. and at that point, I'll, I'll hand to Nick, obviously, as a, as a Philly fanatic. But they're not blowing me away. They still seem to me that eight, nine sort of kind of team. Um, I don't know how they're going to get over the over the ledge. I think it's I think it's just going to come down to if Carson Wentz can edge closer to that Deshaun Watson sort of level of quarterback, really. That's the difference between sort of nine wins or 11 wins, I think. But, but, but is it have they got the weapons, though, that Dallas have? Even if he plays on that level, have they got those consistent weapons that mm. you clearly rely upon? I like the tight end room. I, I think the tight ends are great. I think Regal, when he comes back, is a decent thing. But, yeah, it, it, is, it is a questionable set of sort of compared to when you look at the weapons that, Dak has around it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, f- from my perspective, I mean, that, I think one of the hardest things that I had to prepare myself to do was to agree with you guys that, that I think Dallas win the division and that hurts me. I think there are, there are two things that Philly needed to do following the 2019 season. They need to get their health right and they need a competent secondary. I kind of rectified that with Darius Dar- Slay, but the health is still an issue. Like what is it with, with Philly that like no one can get fit? Um mm. Javon Hargraves is, is a really good signing. Yes, really good defensive line. Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, really, really good defensive line. Um, one of my long shots is that is that Darius Slay is a top three in defensive player of the year um, and, and could be a smoky for the award itself, purely based on on that defensive line, not allowing opposing quarterbacks time to make accurate throws and, and providing turnover opportunities. And he's obviously really talented on his own as well. So um, Malcolm Jenkins and Nigel Bradham are, are really big losses. Jalen Mills moves to safety. He hasn't played there since college. So that's a concern. Um, th- there is talent on offense. I don't think that the weapons are as deep or as dynamic as, as Dallas um, and huge question marks on, on health. Miles Sanders is a star. Like this kid is, is a shining light. He can play. Jason Peters moves to guard. He's making room to get Andre Dillard into the starting lineup. So that should create some holes for Sanders because, uh, Jason Peters is, is a really good player. Zach isn't isn't um, Dylan on IR at the moment? I swear he's no, on I IR. No, I think so. I, I'm sure he was on on IR or at least for, on the boomerang. I don't know. I thought I I read that he was going to be ready for for week one. We'll uh, he might. It might have been a recent development in the injury update. I thought he was out. Yeah, That's yeah. what I, I really thought they were 
massively banged up for we'll, week one. We'll double check. We'll get back to this and we'll post it on Twitter. Yeah. Over, over the weekend. But yeah, Zach, like you said, Zach Ertz is a star. Um, for, for a team to be able to have two, two yeah, tight ends. Yeah, it's the series out for the, out for the season with a, uh, with a bicep injury, Andre Dillard. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Happened okay. on. Well, that's a worry. Yeah, there you go. That's so, a worry. You got someone called Matt Pryor slotted in at left tackle at the moment. So it sounds like an English cricketer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds exactly uh, like an English cricketer. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I mean, like Zachary is a star. The ability to have to have two tight end sets and both of them yeah. be really dangerous and and competitive is is really obviously dangerous for, for Philly. Yeah. But the rest of the receiving core, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, both old, both injury prone, Jalen Rieger. Was drop pro- drop prone in college, but I think a lot of that can be attributed to poor quarterback play because um, mm-hmm. the, the the accuracy of his passes was was one of the worst quarterbacks in in D one football last season. Um, but he might end up starting the season as as the wide receiver one in Philly, pending health and, and fitness. Um, but like you said, so much is on the shoulders of Carson Wentz. Um, nine wins might be enough to win the division again, but everything needs to go right, and very rarely everything goes right for the Eagles and the Cowboys. Like you said, they're they're better. Yeah. They were strong last year and they should have done better. And if they had a better coach, they would have. Now they've got a better coach. Um, and so they're going to be really dangerous. Uh, I really like McCarthy's offense. You look at what he did with, with Aaron Rodgers early and you, you try and, and put that in with, with Prescott, Elliott, Cooper, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Like they're just, and, and an elite offensive line. Like this offensive line is, is stacked. Um, they're going to score a lot of points. Um, Greg Zerline, really solid pickup as well. Like, in those, in those opportunities when they don't score touchdowns, they're still going to score points and he's going to get plenty of opportunities. Um, you know, they, they were 16th in, in total defensive DVOA last year um, at Football Outsiders. But that, that 16th was a long way behind even Philly at 12th. Like the difference in defensive output was was way bigger than just four places on that table. Um, yep. and, and they've lost Robert Quinn. They've lost Malik Collins in, in free agency. They, they have tried to add some experience in size, guys like McCoy and, and Poe and that sort of stuff. But the, the question is, when the going gets tough on defense, in some of these big games, you've got Jared Goff and, and the offense in, in LA. You've got Matt Ryan you know, in Atlanta. You've got Russell, Russell Wilson, who they, they play in the first three weeks in, in Seattle, and Carson Wentz and, and the Eagles, who they play twice, and who beat them in the middle of a playoff battle last year. Um, can they handle that pressure defensively? Um, I really hope not, but I think unfortunately, I think they probably can. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll know a lot about Dallas. Uh, good thing about you know their schedule is they play a lot of these these contenders, so we'll know. Yeah, a lot, that's right. You know, we'll know. We'll know probably by week thirteen. However, they they play the Ravens, they play the Vikings, they play the Steelers, they play the Seahawks. You know, they play the Rams, the Forty ers and they play you guys. So you know, they've got some. Tough games on their schedule, but uh, I just think I just think everything's pointing in the right direction, and I uh, yeah I think they can handle it. I think they can get get away with the with that number one seed somehow, despite you know some of those games. And if they do, then they, they deserve it. If, you know, beating those teams. So hundred uh, oh, percent. I I don't have them as as number one seed by any means, but I do have them no. winning the division. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, Washington and New York. Does anyone want to talk about those guys? Uh, for me, it's just it's both New York teams are almost really similar. I feel like mm. their win loss record should not, you know, fans shouldn't be focused on that this year. They should just be focused on whether their quarterback makes strides, and that's it. Like if Daniel Jones makes, you know, some strides, then that's great for them. You know, under the new coach, it might take a little while, but if they finish the year strong with, with him making plays, and you know, whether they get wins or losses or, or whatever, 
um, I, I feel like that's irrelevant. Like, um, you know, because Daniel Jones might put up sort of 20-something points a game, but because their defense is so bad, they might yeah. let in 40 points a game. So, yeah. um, for me, and that's the same with Sam Darwin. I think both these teams are very similar. And, you know, for what it's worth, I've got both these teams under six wins. They're, they're my two, two of my best bets this year on wins is, is taking the under for both New York uh, teams. Uh, but that's pretty much where I'm at with the Giants. I don't know if you feel the same, James. Yeah, as I said, non in like Washington Giants, like last year. Interesting to see what Saquon does. Like there's still that that to to tune into Giants games to see what he's he does from that kind of computer game level um, is interesting for me. But that's about it for those two teams. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I mean, for, I've got I've got Saquon. Saquon Barkley should be an MVP candidate, right? Like the talent that this guy has in his little finger or his little toe. He's just incredible. He should be an MVP candidate year after year after Isn't year. It, didn't he get and turf toe last year? He did. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, and, but I, I hope Joe Judge knows what he's doing because he's got no, Jason he's Garrett awesome. as offensive he's... coordinator and Jason Garrett does not know what he's doing. So hopefully Joe Judge oh, does. Joe Judge's I mean, off, his offseason has been weird. He's sliding yeah, the it really has. players and all sorts of stuff. I don't know. It really has. He but why, like, why did they sign Dion Lewis? He's, he's 100% a receiving back who will 100% take touches away from their best player in Saquon Barkley. And my theory is kind of like they're trying to save Saquon Barkley until they might be a good team again. Like, is that Very ridiculous? I don't, I don't know. Because if you're going to sign a running back to limit or protect Saquon Barkley, make it a bash and crash running back who can take some hits in closer and give give Barkley yeah. a bit of a break, but not not someone like Dion Lewis who's going to revel in, in space where Barkley is already incredibly dangerous. Like, I just don't get some of the things. Yeah. That, I mean, like, you can't be giving him 30 touches a game. It just seems you're just going to kill it before you even get started. So Yeah. But, like, they're, like they're going to they're gonna score. They're going to be able to score because Daniel Jones and, and Darius Slayton are going to take another step forward, you assume. If yep. Evan Ingram stay healthy, they're, they're going to be able to score. They're like, they're going to be able to put up some points. But, yeah, that defense is just ridiculously yeah, bad. It's bad. Their best player is Dalvin Tomlinson, and he's a run-stuffing Who? nose tackle. Dalvin Who? Tomlinson. Yeah, exactly. Who? That's pretty much it. Um, if the Giants and the Redskins like kind of merged, you take the Giants offense and the Washington defense, they would probably maybe be an 8-8, eight 9-10 eight, win mm. team. But, yeah, individually, probably four wins, four wins each. There are a few interesting things about Washington. Like, the Chase Young draft pick is, is massive. Like, this, this team was... Um, was a, a bottom five or six defensive unit all of last season, but they're adding uh, Chase Young to to the one part of their defense that was already pretty strong. Like they couldn't stop yep. the run or the air game, but they did rank tenth in quarterback sacks. They had forty six sacks last season. Chase Young on his own probably adds another five or six at least in year one. Um, so that's that's going to be really interesting to watch. The other one is their running back situation because obviously um, Darius Geis is gone, Adrian Peterson's gone. Adrian Peterson's clearly too good to spend any more time in Washington. So, yeah, regardless of his age, he, he shouldn't be in Washington. That's just rude. But Antonio yep. Gibson, you know, Ron Rivera compared Antonio Gibson to Christian McCaffrey recently. He's not quite a running back, but not quite a wide receiver. So that's really interesting to watch and see how that pans out. But, um, you know, other, certain, than, other than that, they've got rid of their offensive nickname. They've got cultural and front office issues. So, yeah, it's a weird offseason. A certain book book had uh, Antonio Gibson um, last week at $67 for, for Rookie of the Year after Adrian Peterson was released. Uh, so that was uh, something, uh, you know, spicy enough to take. Would you have taken that price, uh, James, as a futures better? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there we go. Good, good to know. You make a book, I mean, at that, at that <laughs> price as well. Why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on and we'll save the best to last. Um, yeah, we'll stop yeah. talking about the Washingtons of the world. 
Uh, probably the best division of football, I think, the yeah, NFC West. Um, it's a, it's unbelievable. an unbelievably loaded division. And I think James should should start. I think we should give him the floor because uh, you love this division. Just love it. Like all four teams, there's wonderful narratives, there's wonderful offenses, there's smarts, there's front office smarts, there's tactics happening. Um, there's rivalries happening. There's a new, you know, uh, playoff scenario which could get them all in conceivably. Although the maths would still be hard for that to happen. Yep. Um, love it. Love every part of it. Could talk forever on this particular division. Um, yep. I'm leaning towards surprise, surprise, Seattle. <laughs> I'm really excited about the Jamal Adams edition. This guy. Do you think they overpaid though? Hundred percent. Yes. Well, this is the thing. It, it was it was it two ones and two twos, yeah. and a player as well. Okay, so and Brad McDougal. Yeah, I mean, extraordinarily, but this extraordinary big package. But at the same time, this is Russell's prime right now, right? It's yeah, it is. It's now. definitely win now. Definitely win now. It's win now for me. He's a massive upgrade on Clowney as well. The numbers he put up, I mean, that Jets defense last year was actually quite good. You go inside the numbers, it was all Jamal Adams. I think it was mm. 75 QB hits um, and sorry, 13 QB hits and 75 tackles. He was one of only three players in that range who was doing a bit of six and a half sacks as well from the secondary. You know, what I mean? yeah. so he's applying all this pressure. He's getting back. He's defending passes. He's getting involved in this. He's basically, again, to use that computer game thing with Saquon on offense. He is that to the defense. Um, mm-hmm. And Carroll knows how to work with those kind of players as well. For me, it's a continuation of last year. So obviously, some boneheaded stuff was happening come playoff time in that Green Bay, you know, the punt situation towards the end. That was also at the end of a brutal, brutal season for Seattle. Um, I think they're well-placed. I think they're well-placed. Um, but again, like we touched on before, I'd love them to get the one seed, though, because going into that mini tournament now and could pit you anywhere in, 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 in the country each and every week, um, it's crazy. Plus, again, for that opposition point of view, San Francisco were 10 minutes away from winning a Super Bowl. Yep. Sean McVay when we're talking about narrative as well, there is no narrative in the NFL at the moment, which annoys me more than that. The NFL has figured Sean McVay out. He's a really smart guy. He's, I don't know. I'm on that train a little bit. I don't know. I, I agree with you, James. I agree with you. I just Make think, the playoffs again, mate. Yeah, Let's go. This, this is the, the whole golf situation as well. The, the size of that contract. That's yeah. if it was a slightly, whether, whether it's kind of a different player entirely, could it be te- a Teddy Bridgewater type figure in there as well? Instead of golf, I don't know. I'm going to I leave. feel like the O line, like they've just invested so poorly in it. Like, how can golf even stand a chance? Like, it just seems. It's and that's rough. when they went yeah. to the Super Bowl, it was like Whitworths, right? It was these old, older guys, like real crusted on veterans. And once they leave, you know, that's talking about continuity again. Once that break that breaks down, so much of the system and the way McVeigh's able to execute goes with it, right? Like, and then he has to yep. completely rejig everything on the fly. Like, we know, you know, and most NFL junkies know that, that that's the importance of that offensive line to allow you to do everything. So until that's settled and we can confidently say it's solved and it's great, maybe there are going to be question marks with McVay. But again, I, I, I still, his guy's going to be around forever. I see him as a multi-Super Bowl winning coach. Um, and then there's Arizona as well. Like, this is so exciting. They've got DeAndre Hopkins there. They've got Murray there. Larry's still in town. 
I, I like what they're doing. I, I, I do, and I could see them jumping up to eight or nine wins as well and grabbing a playoff spot as well. So, yeah, I got a question for you about Seattle, and I agree with you. I think that Adams and, and I think an underrated signing is Quinton Dunbar as well um, at corner. I think their secondary is loaded and playing really well. Quandre Diggs last year was a mid-season buy. That was good, but my issue is who's rushing the passer? Like I, that's that's my biggest concern is is it well, who is it? LJ Collier and Daryl Taylor? Like I just I'm not well, sure who's rushing rushing the passer, and it's the same it. problem in Arizona. A lot of their rush came from inside, if you remember last year as well. Like Jared and Reed was getting good penetration yeah. at times. Like they were able to get that internal push, unlike a lot of other teams. So it was a, it's a it's a bit weird that system. That whole yeah. Seattle system is weird. I mean, you could say the same questions on offense. It's a strangely configured offense. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. They're not traditional receivers in the least. Dorsett's come in as well, and he's another one of these flyers. You know, yes, Olsen underneath is the more traditional veteran tight end with his old mate with Disley in town. Disley, so, yeah. This is the thing. All these Seattle weird tight ends that just come in and come up for big moments and we never see them again. Um, yep. I think there's that element that we just need to move past the weirdness of Seattle and everything about them is weird, right? And just oh, yeah, accept, of course. <laughs> except for what they are. Um, which was a team that just was a hair's breadth away from getting back to that NSA championship and against San Francisco, who they beat in their last game when they played them. They beat them, you know, they, they came back from the death as well. So, I, I don't well, know. They were, they were the team that really pushed the 49ers in they both did. games. They in both won. games. They yeah. were, it was an epic, it's an epic rivalry at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Seattle makes the playoffs. I, 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 I can see, I agree. You can make the case that they win the division. And, you know, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. Russell Wilson's a magician and, you know, betting against that guy is tough. And I can see maybe some regression from Jimmy Garoppolo potentially. Um, but I have to go with the Niners. I just like, you know, Trent Williams' addition was good. You know, I, I know they lost Buckner, but they drafted Javon Kinlaw and they've got Bosa and Armstead and, and all those players there. And yeah, it's, and, and I do like Brandon Ayuk, I think as a rookie. I know they lost mm. Emmanuel Sanders, but look, you can make the case that 49ers might regress a little on Seattle emerge. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard to go past 49ers. So I have them winning the division, but yeah, I think. Seattle and San Fran are a class above. I think Arizona are a year away. I just, I think their offense is going to be awesome, but they just need to build in the trenches. They're kind of built in reverse. Like I feel like old school teams like build in the trenches. Like the Saints are built heavy on offense and defensive line, and then you build the rest of the pieces around. They've kind of built the other way in. So if they can address those trenches next year, I think you know the sky's the limit because Murray has all the potential in the world. But this is a fun division. I think I, I agree. I think it's the best division in football. Super, super fun division, but I, I agree with you. I think it's it's a two horse race. There, there is a world in which the Niners play off in the Super Bowl. There's a world in which the Seahawks play off in the Super Bowl, and you know a, f- a few other things go right for them. They could it could have been them last year instead of the the, the Niners. So you know they're not that far away. Um, I've actually got both Seattle and and the Niners going over their season win lines. The Niners at ten and a half, and the Seahawks at nine and a half. Um, but you know the Niners. Anything's possible with that with that defense. Like like you said, they they lose to Forrest Buckner and replace him with Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Quan Alexander, Richard Sherman, Emmanuel Mosley, Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward, D Ford. Like this, this it never ends. There is so much talent on this defense. Um, you know, there, there's room to improve as well on on their run defense, and, and they might like. Jimmy G, like you said, he could regress, but he's another twelve months removed from that ACL, so he could get better. That's that's. Another question mark that they also lost Joe Staley and replaced him with Trent Williams, who's a future Hall of Famer. Um, 
Emmanuel Sanders gone, but I like you really like Brandon Ayuk out of out of Arizona State, like really solid pick. Um, and then we we haven't even mentioned guys like George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel, Tevin Coleman, who are all really solid. Like George Kittle and, and Raheem Mostert are really good players. Debo Samuel is a pretty good player. Tevin Coleman, when he's fit and healthy, is a really good player. Um, for, for a top ten DVOA offense last season, they don't get much credit for offense. So if they can improve that again, you know, just a couple of percentage points, this team's going to be back there around around Super Bowl weekend. And and the Seahawks again, like a few things go right, they they're playing off in, in the Super Bowl last year. They're nearly as they're nearly as good as the Niners. Maybe not not as scary on defense, um, but they're like you said, James earlier. They're clearly in win now mode. You know, they traded the farm for, for Jamal Adams, and that and that's massive. Like you said, rate him higher than than today even Clowney. So. Uh, Russell Wilson's the star, obviously near MVP last season. Could have quite easily been MVP. Um, you could argue with Adams, just incidentally, that there wasn't a single player of his quality that changed teams. That's true. Off season, like, that's true. I think that, that that's that significant. As yeah, massive. It's a massive. It's a massive pickup, despite what they paid for him. It's it's a massive a massive addition. Um, but, you know, I had an argument with someone on Facebook a few weeks about, about Chris Carson. Someone was saying that Chris Carson's a top five running back in the league. I said he's not. I, I still think he's really good. He's a top 10, um, top 10 running back in the league. He could be a top five running back, but they've got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Greg Olson, you know, Carlos Hyde, Philip Dorsett, David Moore. There, there's some depth there on offense too. There are options if, you know, if, if there are injuries, if issues with health or whatever. Seattle can score. They're going to get better at defense. They're going to win a lot of games of football. And like you, you know, like I said earlier, a couple of small differences. They could have been in the Super Bowl last year, and they very well might be this year. Um, the Rams, the Rams could be so good. They could be so good, but they weren't, and they're not. Um, they've got two of the best defensive players in the league: Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, yeah. but and and all this talent on offense. But they just need to they need to put it together. Um, Goff, Woods, Cup, Reynolds, Cam Akers is, is going to be a really good player, but they just seem to lack. I don't know if it's like in turn. You know, intestinal fortitude or something. They, they lack guts on offense. They lack something. And, and, you know, if they can't get it right soon, then then Sean McVay will be looking for a new job and he'll get one because I, I agree with you, James. I think he's a really good coach. Oh, I don't get, think he's going to get fired. Like, I, think he, I think he might. If they can't, if, if, if they can't put something together and, and improve their output from last season, then I think, massive I think McVay's on, on the block. No, um, I don't know about that. I, down to the franchise and never let him leave. Personally, I think, I th- I think yeah, they I need think to Goff, win. I think they I think need Goff to start goes, winning. I think Goff goes first before McVay, even as, as, as you know, this, I'm not a... This, this is a Stan Kroenke team, remember, as well. So this is the Arsene Wenger elements as well. <laughs> yeah. um, he's staying. But Arsene Wenger at least won some FA Cups, so, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I feel like the, the Rams have too much talent not to be winning. And so I think they're good. if they don't start winning, then there are going to be changes, whether that's at the coach or quarterback or whatever. There, there will be changes if they don't start winning. The whole McVay thing, like it's... It's really hasn't been two or three. Is this two? Okay, so he made the Super Bowl in his first year or his second year. Anyway, with with that offense though, as well, just when you're talking about that, before, there's a lot of Minnesota about it. There's a lot of blandness. This is his fourth season. So 2017 was when he took over, and uh, they lo- they lost in the wild card round. And yeah, to Atlanta. Then they won. Yeah, and so Super Bowl in the second season, and then a bad year the third. So it, this is still really. I mean, a bad year. They won. They went nine and seven. So yeah. I mean, and they yeah. had yeah. two other playoff teams in their division. So like, yeah, very true. Yeah. But so it is tough, but yeah. that's yeah. not an exciting offense. Like there is, as I said, there, there's that. There's a. It's very Vikingy for me. Like, mm. Yep. 
That's the, really the fun, fun one. The fun, like, because we know that the Seahawks, we know the Niners are good, but the fun one is the Cardinals. I think everyone everyone agrees that they're going to, we're, we're going to like watching the Cardinals with another year of, of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Larry Fitz is back, Kenyon Drake, Christian Kirk, and, and DeAndre Hopkins. Like, are you kidding me? How good this this yeah. offense could be if, if they fix that offensive line? Then then they're going to be really scary good on offense. The defense is is a work in progress still, but they know that and they're working. Like the way that they're building this roster and the way that they're building this franchise is really impressive. And I like, I really like what they're doing. The Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson, um, who I think is a massive. A massive pickup for them. I know Steve Steve Kime had him tagged as a top five pick in the draft, and he was super happy that he was still there at eight. And I've got him as a defensive rookie of the year. Um, and regardless of wins and losses this year, I think they're starting to build something really special in Arizona, and it's just going to be fun to watch. Yep. Um, all right, I think that's the NFC. So just to recap, I've got the Vikings, Saints, Cowboys, 49ers as my division winners with the Bucks, Seahawks, and Eagles. As the NFC wildcard teams, my uh, NFC championship game is the New Orleans Saints at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, James, what have you got for us in the NFC uh, playoff picture? Yeah, Vikings, Saints, Dallas, Seattle, and I've got a Dallas-Seattle conference championship. I've also got, the, as I said before, the entire NFC West represent, represented in the <laughs> I game. like that. That's, that's, uh, that's bold. I enjoy that. It's bold. And I said, I, said, I don't know how the numbers would run on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's possible. We'll see. We'll see. You'd have to have, yeah, you'd have to have an eight team maybe getting in and not having anything more than a nine or a ten on the top side. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, Dallas and Seattle Super uh, Conference Championship, and I'd potentially, you know, I'd hope Seattle would would then make it, and then you'd have you'd have the um, you'd have the Earl Thomas Bowl, Seattle yeah. and Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> I also have a Earl Thomas Bowl because I have the Dallas Cowboys and Baltimore Ravens, and Earl Thomas will of course be on the Dallas Cowboys at this point. So yeah, I've got Earl Thomas as my Super Bowl MVP. Kidding, I don't really. But, uh, yeah, I have the Cowboys beating the Ravens in the Super Bowl, 34-31, and Michael Gallup is my uh, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Nick, take us through your NFC uh, playoff picture and, and, and your uh, and your Super Bowl and NFC matchups. Yeah, i got the Packers, Saints, Cowboys, and Niners. And then in the wild card, I've got uh, Vikings and Seattle. Um, and the Eagles? And, and, yeah, look, I'm just concerned. I'm really concerned. I think we're on the, on the bubble. We're really on yep. the bubble, and I just – I'm concerned. Um, championship game, I've got Niners and Saints and Super Bowl, Niners, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, Super Bowl MVP. Ooh, bit of a rematch, Super Bowl. Mm. I've got to jump in there at this point, though. I find it amazing that Josh has gone with a Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl after the hammering he gave McCarthy upon the <laughs> signing. <laughs> it's yeah, amazing, isn't it? But amazing. It's not, it's not a McCarthy <laughs> thing. It's a, it's a Dak Prescott belief. That's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I, I did. I did my roster ratings like last week, and I was surprised. Like Cowboys were were up there. They were, uh, they were fifth or sixth on my list, and I just looking at their strength of schedule and 29th, which is like the third easiest schedule. I just think the stars could align in this playoff system where they could sneak in as a one seed. With, you know, banged up Philly and, and the Saints having to play the Bucks and, and the Falcons and things like that. I just feel like. They could slide into that one seed, and I think statistically, I think we're just going to see so many just one seeds versus one seeds in Super Bowls with this new playoff format, which I absolutely despise. By the way, if it's not broke, don't bloody fix it. 
Um, they usually take that, but I, I, I love it. Like I don't like it at all. I just, yeah. Because we're going to have this kind of crazy competition all season to get that one seed. So every game is going to matter because of how, yes, yes, they've phenomenally changed it. But yeah, but it, just, I don't know, when you look, when you look back on history, you're going to see, you know, teams that have had like the Pats had like six, seven straight first round buys. And now like Mahomes doesn't get that chance because only the one seed is going to get that. I feel like that's going to, you know, impact his legacy a little bit because he won't have, you know, he's going to have to win more games if he doesn't get that one seat to win Super Bowls, whereas, like, you know, other quarterbacks didn't have that opportunity. I just, as a historian, as a purist, <laughs> I just think that it shouldn't change, but I don't, that's just me. Yeah, I don't hate it. I'm, I, yeah. I, I, ordinarily, we'll I really balk at that stuff. Yeah, um, see. But, but, but I, like I don't it. like the I don't like the 17 regular season games next year either, but, uh, yeah, I think that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a not as big a fan of that, but yeah. no. Um, all right, so that's our that's our uh, division by division picks, uh, our playoffs and Super Bowl matchups. Um, we'll, we'll tweet them out as well. Um, but we'll just be quick here with with awards. I think let's just be quick. Uh, we, we've run way over time here with our preview, but uh, for the awards, I've got Patrick Mahomes as MVP, Dak Prescott, obviously my dark horse for Rookies of the Year. I've got Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And uh, defensively, I've gone with the two linebackers with a little bit of value. Kenneth Murray and Patrick Queen, 17s and 12s, respectively. Coach of the year, I think it's hard to go past Bill Belichick if he uh, wins another division title and, and, and makes the playoffs without Tom Brady and, and does it with uh, Cam Newton and, and, you know, all those changes. I think that's going to be something that, you know, other people will, will vote for and reward. Defensive player of the year, it's boring, but it's hard to go past, you know, one of the greatest of all time in Aaron Donald. And comeback player, I'm belief, a big belief in the Steelers in, in Ben Roethlisberger. So that's where I'm at with the awards. Uh, James, what have you got for us? Mahomes as well. With MVT Dark Horse, I took offense, guys, at your Prescott and Wilson picks. Like, <laughs> yeah. We needed something more meaty, so I went with Murray. Okay, um, that's fair. I've got some Drew Locke futures at like 300 to 1, so that's something. There you go. Yeah. I put CD Lamb just in terms of, you know, for someone my age and CDs, there's a nice connection of music <laughs> and Chase Young wow. on defense. Sean McDermott, especially if, um, you know, the Bills can get over the hump and win that division. Um, him For me and Donald as well, for sure. I didn't have the comeback player because I just don't understand the award. Like and how yeah, that makes, that's, that's, a, that's a great take. <laughs> I, I would love to know what the criteria for winning comeback year oh, is. Phil Rivers won it one year. He just <laughs> came back from a bad season the year before. That was just ridiculous. He played the entire season the year before. Well, that might yeah. really be a year where they had a, like yeah. five kids in one year added to the household. And it was like, well, you, if you've come back from that. Yeah. I mean, if Alex Smith takes the field, he, he wins it, I think. Yeah, that's, that's it. Like it's one of that's those. That's a crazy story. But it would be one of those American type things, like he, yes, he only played one quarter. You know? Yeah, but it's but, an E60. He on the <laughs> yeah. I thought Ryan Tannehill should have won it last year. Just, just saying. So, yeah, I don't know. yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I've I've gone Mahomes, Russell Wilson. I, yeah, the the dark horse, like Murray was a good one. I thought about Murray, but I just thought that offensive line. I just, I, I don't know, I don't know for, for Murray if, if that's a realistic dark horse option for, for MVP. Well, Rivers is a good dark horse. Possibly, yeah, possibly, and I, and I don't mind that. I don't mind that true lock at uh, at three hundred. So, yeah, that's right. But I yeah, think it was two. I think it was two hundred. But yeah, still oh, pretty nice. Way, either way, yeah, um, yeah. The Fresh Prince of Hell Air and, and CD Lamb is the offensive rookie of the year. I really like Isaiah Simmons. 
um, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Chase Young, as you said, James, is, is always going to be up there. Sean McDermott, I agree. If, if the Bills win the division and, and can make some noise in playoffs, I think I think he's the, the coach of the year. I've gone TJ Watt, Defensive Player of the Year. I just think this guy is a destructive force that we haven't seen the best of yet, and he's already really good. Um, and Trent Williams, Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah, I like that one. It's a good one. Um, all right, so futures best bets. Again, we'll just be quick and rattle these off as a uh, sort of a uh, – just to keep track for everybody. Uh, I've got the Giants under six wins, Jets under six wins, Bengals over five and a half wins. They're all kind of pick and prices. Chicago bet uh, – sorry, that was Bengals over. I'm not sure if I said under. But um, Chicago Bears under eight wins. And then I've got uh, here most regular season losses, Jacksonville Jaguars at four to one. Um, and most receiving yards, I like a little bit of a some juicy Juju at twenty three, uh, Robert Woods at sixty ones, F one Terry McLaurin at thirty fours, and DJ Chark at fifty six. Um, I just think, um, apart from taking the favourites there, that there's some good situations for those guys. So they're kind of some of my best bets for the futures. I really uh, like that. I really like Robert Woods in in that market. That sixty one's pretty juicy. I might have a little play at that. Yep. Uh, thanks, mate. We'll see how we go. I'm good by you. You know, we'll get, we'll get some four. We'll try and get one of these up. Um, James, any uh, yeah, best bets? Not heaps. Just Seahawks, NFC, 11 bucks, and yep. kind of liked Panthers over five and a half, Colts under nine and a half. And just as we were talking, I don't know how I missed it, but the Chargers at eight would seem a strong under for me. Um, yep. That's quite shocking, actually, um, looking at that now. So, yeah, Chargers strong at the under eight. Mm. That was that was one of my best. I mean, I, I kind of had it over and under for for most teams in, yep. in division, so uh, it was really hard for me to pick a, f- a few best. But that the Chargers under eight was one that really stood out, um, which I think I, I mentioned earlier. Under I don't know how that line is even close to eight. I don't see them getting anywhere near eight. Um, Pats under nine was one of the ones that I mentioned earlier, and, and the Titans over nine. Um, and a, a couple of little kind of bold predictions that we started doing last year. Um, I mentioned. Darius Slay, top three in Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he's seventy bucks to win the win the award, so I don't mind that. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go again on Saquon Barkley because I went hard on him last year and he let me down with his turf toe. Um, but Saquon Barkley over two thousand five hundred yards from scrimmage, I think is uh, is realistic for a guy with his talent. And uh, long shot for you, James? Just that Panthers NFC South at twenty six, but I mean they've got a lot of opposition and just. Yeah, still $26 to win the division seems crazy. But. James, I mean, for, for anyone who wasn't listening last year, because I think in last year's season preview, we went a little bit into kind of what futures betting was all about. And, you know, it's all about yep. finding that value and then laying and finding some more value and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's all about crafting a book, right? It's all about crafting a book, looking to the future as well, and, you know, seeing where fixtures are set as well and looking at trade opportunities in and out that way as well. So... That's the way I prefer to do it um, and have done it over the last few years. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. Worth noting, last year you had Mahomes winning Super Bowl MVP um, in their preseason pod. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I think there's some markers up for that. I think I had Leonard Fournette winning the rushing title as well. Focus on the wins. Focus on the wins. Um, I'll finish this off here with my bowl predictions. Um, yeah, I've got most regular season wins, the Cowboys at 15 I've got the Bengals to make the playoffs at $8. Um, and then here's something. Uh, I, the, the three Patriots defensive uh, rookies, I think maybe one of these guys. Uh, so a Patriot to win defensive rookie of the year. Kyle Duggar at 41s, uh, Aphrodite Jennings at 67s, and Josh Uche at 56. 
Uh, I don't know. I feel like Belichick has a good track record to hit on one of these. Maybe he's found the next Jamie Collins or Kyle Van Noy, um, you know, or, or someone like that for him that's been an absolute stud. So uh, I think maybe one of those guys has a good chance to win defensive rookie of the year in what looks like a pretty wide open field if uh, Chase Young doesn't get as many sacks because of the plethora of talent at, at Washington. So um, that could be the, the way to go. Uh, on that one. So uh, I think that wraps up our, our season preview. went a lot longer than we thought. So if you stuck around, I really appreciate it. Boys, any final thoughts before we uh, finish up? Oh, just that, that I think this, this season is going to be so different to any other season that we've seen before, Just and, and it already is. So just, you know, be careful, play carefully, um, yeah. and gamble responsibly, I think is, is the important one because we, we just don't know how this season is going to play. We don't even know if we'll finish the season. Mm. So Yeah, you know. I think you can bet on that, actually. So find that market if, you, if you're into COVID conspiracy theories. And that's a rabbit hole you do not want to go down on no, the internet right now in 2020. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I might put that in our show notes so you get more internet traction. Hashtag QAnon. So uh, let's, uh, let's go down that rabbit hole. But, uh, James, any final thoughts on the season before yeah, we finish like- up? Or uh, Stats Insider in general in terms of, you know, you, us three have gone on and on and about all, all the different permutations. Stats Insider have pumped out so many projections on the season itself, run it through so many simulations. So check out the futures simulator that we do, uh, games, week to week projections on every single game, including college football as well. Uh, yep. it's, it's the definition of a consolidated model. It's, it's what we do as a company, um, and which we're getting yep. really strong. And it's worth noting, I think the, the, the SI model has the Chiefs and the Ravens as joint favorites, 10.6% chance uh, to win the yep. Super Bowl. So, um, and then on the other side, it's uh, the 49ers at 8.2% and the Saints at 6.2%. So, and, uh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I was just also going to say in terms of just getting across Stats Insider for content and analysis and, and we've stepped up our sports writing arm this year as well. So it's a really good place to, to hang out. Even at the moment in terms of the tennis, we've got the US Open really well covered as well. So find yep. us on Twitter and all those yep. different social media platforms and, yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting paid this year to say that, but I generally think Stats Insider is a great website and I think you boys do a, a terrific job. So uh, I definitely recommend it as a, as a tool. Um, whether you are interested in sports betting or not, just to see how the numbers work and, and the factors that, at play in the articles. Um, there's some really good reads for, for, for everybody, really. Fantasy players, all sorts of NFL fans. Um, and NFL is such a good sport to to look at numbers and, and stats and, and, and work out how that can give you an edge or how it gives a certain team an edge in terms of winning that battle in the in the trenches or, or out of the trenches. And, uh, yeah, I think it's great. So uh, just head to statsinsider.com.au and that uh, – that kind of wraps up our preview show. Uh, Nick and I will uh, will be back later in the week for a week one preview show. But uh, until then, we'll, we'll speak to James at the quarter poll and, and see where we're at. Boys, it's been a pleasure and uh, we'll speak soon. Thanks, guys.